no way Godzilla could do that much speed. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the beginning. The beginning of an adventure that you didn't even know that you wanted to be on. You know, came from our mother. Most of you know our brother. But us, we're the others. The other ship. Join us as we shove off on our maiden trek and embark on a journey to have some fun, laugh our asses off, and find something new to talk about. Sit back. And enjoy this magical voyage. We take a ride on the other ship. Hello and welcome to the initial episode of the other ship podcast. You might want to text somebody. So this evening or whatever time it is when you're listening to us, we have our intrepid group of hosts here looking forward to entertaining you over the next few hours. Starting off with our esteemed colleagues here, we have Captain Drew Albano in the house, W.C. Merriweather Esquire. Hello. Capricorn. And we have producer extraordinaire, Michael T.S. Herrick. And I am your host, pretty all right, Chris Spiker. So, gentlemen, this evening, I, I keep saying this evening because it's 10 o'clock at night. We have a whole bunch of stuff going on here. But b- b- before we get into it, I do want to say some, say some words about some people that help us get here to this part. I don't think any of us would know each other if it wasn't for... The 605 podcast yeah I, I, I don't think a lot of things would have happened without that let's just get it out of the way you know let's just say it, it started everything then that led to breaking kayfabe with barry and Baldrin, which spawned everything else spawned broken kayfabe spawned us but also what helped spawn us was the ideas of josh dunn who will forever have beef with the hammer, wherever you're at, buddy, and Jason D'Agostino, who we are forever indebted to, and and also his wife, Jamie, for coming up with the name The Other Ship. Completely on accident, and it's stuck. So to the wonderful D'Agostino family, to Josh and everybody else, thank you for getting us started on this. I would be remiss if we did not mention that. So, So... So tonight we are going to start off with an action figure discussion going on here. We're going to start with professional wrestling because, you know, we are nothing if not professional wrestling fans. I know that Spiker is the youngest of the group here, and I know I that usually am. <laughs> I know that I am probably uh, Spiker. I or I are probably the last one to have bought or received a wrestling action figure. So, when Bill and Drew, when did you guys uh, receive or buy? your first wrestling action figure. Bill? Um, 
I know, I'm pretty sure my first one would have been either Hulk Hogan or Iron Sheik, because I know the first couple ones, um, yeah, I know the first couple set, I think it was like, what, Andre, Iron Sheik, Hogan, and somebody else, and they didn't have Piper quite yet, so I was like super excitedly waiting for him, and my buddy Eric got him first, and he's like, Roddy Piper with removable kill, and then he yanked it off in front of me and showed me, and I was like, I had the FOMO of the kids say the fear of missing out real bad. And I was like, man, I want that. So I, I did eventually end up getting that. But I'm pretty sure I think it was the Hulkster brother. Um, and then I got some of the AWA ones, too. You remember those? They're basically the He-Man molds. Drew, you might, yeah. You, uh, and they had the He-Man molds, and they had, like, the same, all the, all the muscles. Even if you get, like, Greg Gagne or something. I, I don't even remember if it was a Greg Gagne figure. I'm full of shit. But you know, if you get, I remember getting the Road Warriors and stuff. You know what I mean? Because that was badass, especially as a kid. But those are the ones I remember getting the first. I traded Bob Backman for a ham sandwich in 83. So what time frame do you think that was, Bill? Like, shortly after they, the LJNs first came out? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I'm probably like the oldest, you know, at least in this chat. I mean, Drew, I'm not calling you old, buddy, but you might be kind yeah, of... I'm old, dude. I'm going to be 47 pretty quick. Yeah, so yeah, I am 47, but let's not admit it in public. Fuck. Hey, anyway. hey. I mean, it's so, aging gracefully, man. That's right. You're so handsome. Uh, actually, anyway, uh, I don't I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, the LJN line debuted uh, in late 85, going into 86. Yeah, I was going to say it was probably 85 because I think it was in first grade. That's how old, you know, that's what I remember because first grade was like, like kindergarten, first grade is when I first started really watching wrestling because I would watch the Superstation and I would watch like Superstars and everything on WPI or, you know, that doesn't, I don't remember, but it was on some of those cable channels. You could end up getting it like three or four times a week, you know, so it was pretty cool if you like sort of scheduled. And back then, you didn't have a million channels, so, like, you know, you could kind of work around it, especially as a kid. And I could watch, like, three or four shows a week. And um, all I – AWA was around, but I didn't – because that would be on ESPN, like, late at night. I think that was later on, like, maybe 87, but, I, again, I can't remember. But that I would watch once in a while, but mostly it would be, like, um, you know, the WWE stuff up here in New York and then, like, that uh, Crockett stuff back then because I could get Superstation. And that was really a lot of fun, but, you know, as a kid, you know, the Vince McMahon stuff was, like, all showbiz, so it's much more entertaining. So, as a kid, I kind of gravitated to that for a while, and, you know, you can't, you know, kids are kids, and they they knew they knew their target audience. Um, but, yeah, it was about 85, because I know, I can remember there was, like, the first series, which is only, like, four or five figures, which, again, I don't remember, about four, five? I can't, only spit hyper. <laughs> gotcha. So, Yeah. Um, so like I said, I was really anxiously awaiting the Piper one, and I know they had the really big like Piper and Hogan ones. I didn't get those, but I did get the little thumb wrestlers. But I don't remember if I just wasn't aware of those ones. Oh hell yeah, I still got my bubble. Get it, you know? Um, I've got them all somewhere, but it's just I don't know where. Yeah, I I don't throw anything away. <laughs> I don't throw anything away. That's I may try not to. So I'm sure they're buried somewhere. I definitely have the pipe one because he's on my desk, the, the thumb wrestler, but I'm sure all the other ones, because I have like, kind of like a little modern collection of some of the stuff, like the Piper monster truck and the, the one the one where you hit the button that plays the bagpipes and stuff like that and a couple of those. But I just stopped collecting stuff because I don't have any room for it. Now I'm going to have a house that has room. i got to sell everything so I can, you know, do the old fan fest rate fundraiser. <laughs> sell all my shit. Sell yeah. all my shit. Now do you have the Piper Ninja Turtle figure? 
You know, I don't. I was going to get it. It's kind of when I went in the period of I'm not going to buy any more new shit because I don't have any room for it, which, again, is really tears me up. I don't have, like, the Roddy Piper Ninja Turtle, um, and I don't have, like, Dave Dave Jordan shot to my boy. And I, I didn't have that one. The um, Oh, my gosh, who was doing them before the new who, – who, the really good ones, uh, the classic – you know what I'm talking about? That the gold and black boxes, and I can't think of yeah. the Jack Pacific. Yeah, the Jack Pacific. I thought they really did nice sculpts. I mean, so shout out to Dave who got me the combo, him and Stone Cold. Um, that was a pretty sweet set. I have not opened the box. I'm one of those dorks now in my old age who doesn't open the box. And I'm at the point now where I'm just going to open the fucking boxes, you know, because it's stupid not to. But I literally have a bunch of figures with the boxes unopened and stuff because they might be worth something, but I just leave them like in the corner stacked up anyway because I don't have any room for him. So kind of defeats the purpose. I think it's very neat that you had the LJNs. I know, Drew, you had some LJNs too. Did you get them around the same time? Oh, yeah. Uh, right out of the shoot, man. I actually had the Remco's first. Okay. And uh, the first ones I got, it was a two-pack. Uh, I think it was Rick Martell and Larry Zabisco, maybe. It was Larry Zabisco and somebody. It, it came with a VHS tape. So that was pretty cool, too. And then later, I remember getting a Road Warriors one, a three-pack that came with Paul Ellering. And it came with a VHS, too. And I had a Sergeant Slaughter VHS. And But the LJNs, I want to say it was Christmas 85. That was the first uh, round of figures that came out. We got all five of them. It was Hogan, Hillbilly Jim. That's it. Uh, Andre, Sheik. No, it wasn't Hillbilly Jim. It was Hogan, Andre, uh, Sheik, Snooka, and uh, who was the other one? Hogan and Andre. Man, I don't know. There was five of them, but then, then they added Hillbilly Jim. The initial cards are called five backs, and they're like, even more rare. And I'm sure Ben James probably has like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Shut up, Ben. Yes. What's up, Ben and Kelly? See you guys soon. Okay. So looking at the AWA Rimco figures, there was uh, a Baron Von Reisky and Rick Martell two pack. There was a Rick Martell and Michael Hayes two pack with a VHS. And a fanny pack? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. That's too bad. Uh, there was a Zabisco and Flair two-pack. I'm guessing maybe it was the Hayes and Martel that you had that came with the video? I believe. Maybe. I, I had at least 10 of the Remcos, but LJNs were my jam. Next like first Christmas, we got, me and my brother got all of them. We got two apiece, and my dad got the Andre. My dad liked Andre. And I got the ring. I got uh, I got Boulder Hill from Mask that year too. The Boulder Hill playset and no cars. So I had this badass garage in the parking that some bitch. <laughs> that's the, that's that like you just said fear of missing out. That's the the story of the kid. I got a crumb. I need more. <laughs> right. I got G.I. Joe's, but I ain't got no helicopter. 
Got a helicopter. I ain't got no GI Joes. <laughs> hey, I got, that's where I you hook a, up with your buddies. I got a car. I got a chopper. That's Fuck. right. I used to have my GI Joes. Like I had the Rattler. Remember the Cobra plane there with all the bombs and all the gimmicks on it? I had that. My buddy had the, um, what was the fucking, or the flipping, sorry guys. The GI Joe one. What was that one called? Like the, what was it? The Sky Striker. Sky Striker. That's right. So we get together and do all that stuff and you have like air battles and stuff. And I hate to admit it, but I'd chuck the Rattler in the yard like an asshole and it was not really built well. So I'd have to put it back together because it was pretty fragile. But um, yeah, I'm not proud of my childhood. Well, well, you know what, Big Bill, we're proud of you now. So that's, Thanks, that's the important part. Thanks. Hey, G.I. Joe also had the Dragonfly Chopper with uh, Wild yep. Bill. With Wild Bill. <laughs> Shout out to Wild Bill. Right. <laughs> And um, for the Remco figures, the one that I really remember is I had a Buck Zumoff figure, and I would put it in the toy chest every night. But somehow I'd wake up and be like laying there in my pillow, just staring at me with like this really weird expression. It was like <laughs> that weird sort of blank sort of He-Man expression they all had. It would just sit there and look at me with the boombox. I'm just kidding. I didn't know if they had a Buck Zumoff figure or not. Probably. It's staring at you like a cat's eye, trying to steal your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that on my system, guys. Thank you. All right. So I remember seeing the Remco figures at Big Lots when I was a kid, but I didn't know any. I didn't know anything about wrestling at that point. I just assumed they were some bootleg action figure like every other toy at Big Lots. I didn't realize that they were a real thing. And I probably could have bought some of them, and and I, I would have got rid of them. I wouldn't still have them now, but I just thought, oh, this is some other fake thing. Okay. That's when I got my Road Warrior set and a couple of singles around that time at a big lots in Lafayette on a visit to my aunt and uncle's house. For like $10, I got a three pack with a tape and then like three or four just individuals for like a dollar a piece. It was mm. ridiculous. <laughs> I remember mine were like big deal at Kmart. They're like Kmart, I wouldn't say Kmart exclusives, obviously, but I remember it was like available at Kmart, Kmart, Kmart with the Remco stuff. I don't know why it sticks out in my head, but weird memory. So, Spiker, what was the the first uh, action figure you got wrestling wise, and do you know when? So it's actually funny. I was just down visiting with my mom in Louisiana last week, and some of the old photo albums are Little Spiker with the AWA Remco figures, with the Road Warriors, with Ric Flair, with Carlos Colon and Abdullah the Butcher. I remember for some reason Abby was always the jobber whenever I wrestled. I just remember that for some reason. It's always stuck with me forever. And then um, it's weird because I don't have a picture of a ring up until the white WWF ring. And that had to be 89, at least, that we had that because my sister, who was born in 89, there's photos of us. And I used to call Savick, J.J. Dillon. We had a cat named Savick. And Savick would interfere in the matches. I used to call her J.J. Dillon. She'd just walk in the ring like she owned the damn place and I'm trying to have matches. <laughs> so it was those and probably the one i remember those and I, god i wish i still had them now and then the 1990 wcw glue figures and the first wwf and i probably and i think i had the big hogan and the big like iron Sheik and those guys and then 
the WCW Globe figure title, all those out of the packaging, of course. Except, except now there's a sting. There's a couple of different stings that I don't remember. I'm looking on the website right now. There's a couple of different stings I don't remember that I'm kind of pissed about that I don't remember. Um, and then the old WWF figures, which I'm pretty sure all of us had. And I remember going over to my best friend, Matt Trombulak's house, and he had like every single WWF figure you could think of. He had a much bigger collection than mine, so I was jealous of that. But I, I remember all these, you know, figures, and God, I wish I still had all of them. Although now that, you know, I have a child, I'm going to get with Ben James at FanFest and see if I can start recreating some of this collection. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was the AWA Remco's and the bigger, you know, like the Hogan and the, the Iron Sheik, because apparently I was a Hulkamaniac as a kid, you know. And, I mean, we all make mistakes. So, on, on, on side note, though, I can tell you the last wrestling figures I purchased was actually from Ben at FanFest. I purchased a Shawn Michaels and a Bret Hart. So, I can tell you that JJ's first figure will be a Shawn Michaels figure. Um, nice. Nice. So when when you say the bigger Hulk Hogan, are you talking like the sixteen inch figures, or yeah. are you talking the LJN? Like the 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 LJN guys. Okay. Because I remember there was like one of those and a Piper and a Bob Orton. Right. There was one of like everybody. I think at that point those are the ones that just kind of stick on my and the Sheik and everything like that. So. Bill, you were saying you had some of the sixteen inch. Figures, right? You had like the sixteen-inch Piper. No, I didn't. That's, oh, okay. I, yeah, I wanted. I, I guess I didn't realize about them because I see them now in hindsight, and I'm like, wow. Because I know if I just saw them as a kid, I'd have, I'd have, you know, been a really spoiled only child brat. He was trying to tell us earlier he had a sixteen-inch something else too, but. <laughs> yeah, I had a sixteen-inch turd earlier. I was here. <laughs> nope. What should we name it? Brandon Stevenson Jr. What's up, Brando? Shout out. We got to give you some love, Adobo. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the other figure from the LJN5 was uh, Big John Stud. Okay, so cool. Uh, Hogan, Snooker, and Andre, Sheik, and Stud. Yeah. And they added Hillbilly. And then following him was like Greg Valentine, uh, Piper. Yeah. It, it was like the heels. I think Orndorff, too, after. was. Yeah, Orndorff yeah, was in yeah. that second batch. And, and Orton, I think, was in there, too, because I remember Orton. a Bob Orton figure like that. Yep. Yeah. And I think Orton was Series 3. Okay, well, I... Or maybe Orton was Stan Hansen. I, again, I was very little. I had wrestling figures since I was literally in a crib, so... Because I'm a youngin. Well, I'm a bit older than Spiker. I didn't get my first wrestling figure until I bought the entire set of the WCW Galoob figures in 1990 after selling all of my gi joes at a garage sale yeah i love this story so i i sold every gi joe figure vehicle everything made 300 dollars. wow sale selling gi joe stuff and it was like two figures for three bucks bagged up in a sandwich baggie and you hustle had, had a, i had a lot of gi joe stuff as a kid that was the number one toy so i sold all that went to walmart that afternoon, and I bought every single figure, all four horsemen, Rick, Arn, Barry, Sid, Doom, the Steiners, Sting and Luger, Hillman, Zinc, everybody. And I bought doubles of a number. Of, and then I took an X-Acto knife and my mom's craft paint, 
and made wrestlers that they didn't have figures for. Oh, so I had, I had Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes. I had, I took an arm and cut the, basically the face from the nose down to get the mustache and, and every, the beard off and made it Zabisco. I had a Dustin, I cut the ponytail off of Barry Windham and had Dustin Rhodes and yeah, just a number of them. That's actually kind of a downgrade there, buddy. I yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was, those were really the only wrestling figures I ever had until I bought a few in, I think, 2020. I bought a few off of eBay. I bought the Four Horsemen set that they put out a few years back with my favorite version of the horse, Rick, Barry, Tully, and Arn. And then I also picked up a Road Warriors set that I believe was a Jax set. The Midnight Express set of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. And then I've got uh, Dusty Rhodes. And then I did... I guess before I bought that stuff, I went to a garage sale and dropped $33, I think, a dollar a piece for LJN figures, three Remco's, and a Lex Luger glue. I turned around and sold the British Bulldog set that was in there for $35 and made my money back. And I still have a number of, of LJNs left, but. You know, I didn't become a fan until 1989, so the, the LJN figures were done with. I, I remember seeing the ad in the back of PWI where you could buy whatever Series 6 figures you could mail away for them or whatever. But I never saw one uh, for years. I was behind the times. Now, did the Lex Luger figure come with allocates or were they sold separately? They were most definitely sold separately. <laughs> you have to have a prescription. It's no OTC stuff there. No. No, no. <laughs> so what, uh, what toy line do you like the best? Are you, are you tied to the one you had as a kid or is there something that you like better that maybe you never had like the Hasbro figures or anything they've come out with recently? Um, I'm, I'm an LJN diehard loyalist. <laughs> I mean, that was my favorite as a kid. I got to say what's up to my buddy, Roger. He's like, uh, my brother, cousin, we're not related at all, but we've known each other forever. And me and him used to have each like a huge Rubbermaid tub full of LJNs. And we'd just hit the ring and we'd put a dude on each side and just launch them at each other. Bam. <laughs> Whoever landed on top, we it was like checkers. Whoever <laughs> king the dude, you took both wrestlers. And then you just go until you took somebody's whole stack. But nice. LJNs were the best, man. And I love like the the new ones that are out. I don't I don't even know. I remember like the Jack specific ones and uh, the new, I think they're Mattel maybe. I don't know, but they're like the hall of fame ones and the elite. Right. They have the old school guys and stuff. Yeah. Those are really cool. I love the, the articulation of them, but Agreed. I don't buy any of them or nothing. I mean, I don't collect, but they're really cool to check out and look at and stuff. But as far as like ones I actually used and played with, I had the Remco's and I had the LJNs. I was already had aged out of, Playing with the like my wrestling dudes by the time the galoobs hit, I think that was right around the time I was going into high school and stuff. So, right, <laughs> it was just I was shifting gears at that point. That makes sense. I would love if I had like tons of expendable income, I'd have a fucking house loaded with. I would actually exactly. go to a doctor. I'd go to Doctor James Andrews. He'd be like, hey, can you make my elbows like? I can do all kinds of stuff, man. Like an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich. What about you, Chris? I. 
so the thing about the Galoobs was they pissed me off because they were stuck in like one spot and you couldn't do like anything with them. So I'm kind of partial to some of the old WWF Hasbro's because yeah, you couldn't move all of them, but at least you could move some of them. So it made kind of the matches a little bit easier when you're trying to have like wrestling matches with them. But I have to agree with Drew. I wish I would have started collecting some of these awesome. I see guys with these stacks upon stacks of these newer figures and it's, you know, recently started to kind of bug me. And it's like, oh, maybe I should start collecting and go on eBay. And these, some of these figures, you think about, oh, does this person have a figure? Oh, here, can I get a Max Moon figure? You know, it's completely random. You think about it, it's like, oh, here, can I get this? And I got know. a question for you guys about the Galoobs. Were they like super, like firm? Like, did they move at all? No. No articulation. One cool thing about the LJNs, like the Andre, like his arms were like, Super kind of flexible, like Hogan's legs and arms were. I mean, they were like they were heavy and bulky, but they they did have some flexibility. Yeah, I um wish, and you know, thankfully I have a wife that's very cool with me collecting action figures. We don't really have room right now, but she has said in the future, you know, eventually we can work on that and getting cool figures as long as it's people that she likes. So, um, just very fond memories of that, and you know, wish I had a Bruce Pope's action figure. But I understand those for run like 5K on eBay. <laughs> they hang in there. Figure does the, everything. What was that, Bill? I said they uh, the Bruce Pobans figures are hanging in there at the price of about 15 bucks per figure. But if they're signed, I think they're 25. <laughs> the the NWA champion variant of him runs about five grand on eBay. I looked. Is there <laughs> the uh, the the Boogie Hall of Fame variant? His referee outfit. <laughs> That's the elite version. It comes with the signed Boogie Hall of Fame award. It comes with a hangman's noose. It comes with a sand sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, like one of those but little kid archaeology ones. You chisel down the uh, sand sculpture, and inside is a, a replica of the 10 pounds of gold. <laughs> but, geez, I'm, I'm, go- I'm going down the old WWF Hasbro line, and it's like, good Lord, it's like how many Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior figures were there? Good Ooh. Lord, too many. You, you make what sells, I guess, right? That's why there were three Hogan LJNs. Yeah. Oh, even John Gonzalez had his own action figure. Yes. Three Andre LJNs, too. There were. That's correct. Long hair, short hair, and black strap. I, and don't they have some, like, elite ones of him, too, of, like, the older Andre beforehand? Oh, yeah, there's probably, a bunch. I know that probably blew some kids' minds who didn't know any better that Andre looked different beforehand. That's what's really cool with these new lines that they're doing with the like wwe legend lines or whatever i don't know what they i have no idea what it's called but like there's just so many variants like they have the SummerSlam 92 bret hart or whatever you know i think they literally like uh, the, the defining moments i think they're called yeah and, like they have like there's so much they can do now with outfits variants like they've got to have at least 100 ultimate warriors <laughs> who knows how many flares how many hogans do they do they have the uh survivor series 97 brent and sean <laughs> probably <laughs> prop yeah i i make the joke here i sharp shooter set going back to andre they do have the andre with the vest like thin andre you know they have that figure and there's i think one of the cooler andres is one that just came out this year maybe last year of him with the andre 87 title that they showed on was a saturday night's main event maybe and then they didn't end up is that the one where he's in like his 
uh, Piper's pit suit when he made the challenge? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's in that outfit or or a similar outfit. Yeah. Oh my God, Jack's did make a ninety Survivor Series ninety seven set. You guys want to know how much it runs for on ToyDorks.com? Uh, I can't even begin to imagine. Two hundred ninety nine dollars ninety five cents. That's less than I thought, actually. Hot damn. <laughs> The Andre, the one with the Andre 87 belt, I want to say it's maybe from the contract signing. I think you're right. Like a pink shirt, maybe, and a, and a blue jacket. I can't remember, but it's got that 87 Andre belt, which I think is just a stunning title that never had anything done with it. To stay on the, the Andre, uh, a great one. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this guy's name right, but Pete Erico or Erico who made the uh, Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling figures. Holy cannoli. That is like the, the coolest Andre figure I've ever seen. Yes. So super mad props to that dude. What's his name? Harry? Pete Arico. A Arico. R I C O or A R R I C O. I'll send you a link to a, a Facebook group that he's got where he, yeah, he did the whole set. Of yeah. He just does one runs he's because they're not licensed. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you guys a link to the group. Cool facebook so you can see all of them because they're amazing and there are people that have i think bought the the figures from him and then made molds and sold copies and then there's also somebody from i think greece that says that they made them themselves sculpted them themselves whatever and sell them on ebay but yeah i mean there were they did everybody from the rock and wrestling cartoon and they're they're very cool figures the look of them that's that's like you see in these ljn Facebook groups now, guys using 3D printers and making uh, resin copies of all sorts of wrestlers. Right, the head sculpts are crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. The 3D scans they can do for the head sculpts are insane. Uh, and then there's the guys that actually sculpt right, the OGs themselves. Yeah, and you know make customs by cutting up LJNs. Then you've got the guys that hate seeing any LJN's damage. They don't. They say if you're going to make a custom 3D print it or get your own rubber and make a mold and do it that way, don't harm the LJN's. I mean, there's a finite number of those figures out there. There's not more being official ones being produced. So I understand the reasoning behind the guys say don't destroy them. But usually it's the common figures that nobody cares about. That sell like super beaters like missing a foot right. already or something, you know. Like the like the bunch that I bought at the garage sale that are chewed up and everything else. Yeah, they're dude, not Jim good. Sleep with Brutus Beefcake, who's missing half of a foot. Kind of looks like Tom Dempsey, the old kicker. <laughs> Brutus Beefcake's got like Tom Dempsey foot and no thumb, <laughs> right? And no nose, his nose is gone. But right. Sometimes I'll like see, I'll look over on the couch. She'll just be like knocked out under her blanket, and she'll have like Brutus Beefcake. That's awesome. That that makes me happy. Screaming and strutting and him and him and Jimmy Hart that she wanted, right? And I had both of those. Jimmy. Jimmy the mouth. Yes. <laughs> There's Jimmy the mouth. Yeah, there were there were a couple in the lot that I bought that were in decent shape. I sent John Fell, I think it was Steamboat and Orndorf or Steamboat and Savage, I can't remember. And uh maybe in Steamboat and Orndorf because he may have still had his Savage. But I've got was the LJ and I never had. Well, it wasn't the it wasn't the best by the looks, but I, I understand why you'd want it. But For I reason he was hard to find. 
in, in my local store. It could, have been a low, it could have been a lower production run, too. It's hard to say. Yeah, there was a trip out because, like, every advertisement, commercial, what, or print ad, whatever, it would always show Steamboat with the black trunks with the long, with the red pants. And you never saw one in the wild. It's always just black. So, well, gentlemen, this has been awesome. And I mean, anything else we want to add? Because I do want to plug that we're, this is the first in a rotating series of segments that we're going to have with special guests coming on talking about G.I. Joe's, Masters of the Universe, you know, superhero figures. It's going to yeah, be great. We'll have, a, have a couple of guys come on that. Still buy, sell, and trade uh, yes. swing figures, both you know, LJN, the current figures, everything. And we're going to learn how they got into the how they got into the hobby of buying, selling, and trading, and uh, you know what they what they do now to to make that work. Yeah, and hopefully, good places for people to buy figures that might be looking for them. If we can help people out do that, that'd be awesome too. Absolutely, yeah. If there's something you're looking for, we'll have Ben James on in a couple of weeks, and. If he doesn't have it, he knows where to find it and we'll get it for you. But he's got everything from the LJNs on. Still still mint on card. I mean, it's it's unreal. His well, collection is a thing of beauty. Yeah, his his personal is. collection is insane. Unrived. Yeah, anything else we want to add before we wrap this up, gentlemen? I know we talk about people reconstructing their figures, but I do remember as a kid trying to put white out on Raddy's shirt because I didn't want his titties hanging out and I wanted my perfect white t-shirt. To be <laughs> I, the, I, I colored my thing. King Kong Bundy with the marks a lot. And I, much to my chagrin, it wasn't black. It was black on paper, but when you put black marker on a Bundy, it turns purple. Don't work, brother. Just like white out does not. It just turns glabby gray and it looks like shit. So I, I actually just thought of a story to tell about a figure I mutilated. Literally, the there were um, WWF Gundam figures. This was '97. Yeah. There was like Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. They had like the rubber, like bendy figures. And I remember we had them all Christmas morning. Me and my sister, because my sister, I think, I think Stephanie got the Undertaker and Paul Bear together, or Kana, it's something like that. Anyways. Paul Bear was part of the set. And I'm walking around with him. I go, what do you want me to do with him? I go, he's a bad guy now. Mom goes, yeah, put him in the oven. So I literally put him in the oven. Mom turns it oh. on to make Christmas dinner. Once you know, Christmas Day, the entire Spiker household smelled of burnt ass rubber because we left him in there. And he was like melted to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> smells like Percy Pringles. Yeah, it was. Those are good Pringles. It's terrible. If 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 I can get her to find the photo, I'll send the photo. I should have I should have remembered it when you I got was a photo down. of melty uh, melty um, uh, Paul Bear. Yes, in That's the awesome. oven. <laughs> and so the entire Christmas Day that year, the house smelled like burnt ass Paul Bear rubber. That's amazing. I got some mutilate GI Joe stories when we talk about GI Joe. That is stuff. I think if, we all uh, do somewhere. Like piggyback. <laughs> You just had to unscrew that screw, and it would come apart. You could put different body parts on, and then if you melted it, they could look like battle scars a little bit. Yeah, right. it's deranged. If, uh, if I could piggyback off your story there, Chris, uh, back in the uh, late 70s, I put an airplane full of little people into my <laughs> grandmother's oven, and they melted down, dude. Yeah. An entire airplane full of little people. Gone. <laughs> melted. <laughs> Were, were were you trying to emulate the famous Ric Flair paint playing I, I don't know man I just opened up the oven and <laughs> in you go 
<laughs> You're the Mohammed Atta of little people, Drew. I just want you to know that. Shout out to Aaron Grafton. Look, I'm, yeah, I'm not like, uh, and I don't want to like little people get mad. I mean, like little people, little, <laughs> like little the Fisher Price, little people. Price. Yeah, little, little people. Right, little people. <laughs> what do you mean, you little people? You know, little people. I want to mention before we move on here. Uh, besides actual wrestling figures, what toys did you use in of your wrestling figures to have wrestling matches? Because I think everybody pretty much did that at one point or another. I would use He-Man guys when I was using Remco's and stuff. Yep. But I didn't have a lot of He-Mans either, and I, you know, so I just try to make the even teams. <laughs> um, Ninja Turtles. Okay. And to tell you the truth, my one little mini Snake Eyes figure predated Rey Mysterio Jr. because he was always the flippy floppy, doing amazing shit, dude. So <laughs> for me, it was GI Joe figures because of the articulation they had, because you could do suplexes and body slams, everything, yeah. Yeah. everything you could do anything that way. Leg drops. That's right. Get some of the guys like uh, Big Boa and. Uh, yep. Big and some of the guys that they had later on in the series that they had like great big muscles and Sergeant Slaughter was that way and they looked more like wrestlers than other GI Joe figures. That that was that's what I had in place of wrestling figures for a long time. I actually remember Skeletor as my champ for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, WF. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, WF. First the Federation, then Eternia. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have my wrestlers roll up Barbie from behind, brother. <laughs> Why you in a, you're rolling up in that uh, Corvette, Barbie? Are you trying to roll yeah, up behind? Wrestling action figures wouldn't know what to do. We've done too much G- GHB. We're smooth <laughs> down there now. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I went. Had to roll Barbie up, and there's nothing can't even there. Take these trunks off. It's Dixie Carter, after all. All along. What if you meddling kids? <laughs> I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that darn Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> He's kidnapped all our hearts. Damn you, Billy Corgan. With Jimmy Cornett and whoever else reference. is involved. Oh, my our hearts captive. I think we've tapped this vein for all it's worth, and we will come back in a week or two with a guest talking about their experiences with wrestling action figures, how they got into collecting and sounds good. Are you ready to fight? Then step into the ring and take on Sting. There's me and my rival, Ric Flair. And there's a total package, Lex Luger. Check out the toughest tag team around the Steiner brothers. These WCW action figures are just as tough and as mean as we are. Rick pulls for the knee drop. His sting escaped. Oh! He's gonna finish him off with the body slam! The WCW wrestlers each sold separately from Galoot. I dare anybody to take us on! All right, so here Michael and I are getting ready to discuss the se- the series finale of Picard, which us both being longtime Trekkies got us very, very excited in many, many different ways. And I must say, before we start this and before we get into it, we do love the D. There are certain friends of ours that love the cocks. We love the D. So, Michael, as us Trekkies know, uh, today, as a matter of fact, aired the series finale of Picard, the newest saga in the next generation series i guess you could say the 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 never-ending saga and this was 
supposed to be the last season. The third one was the last season, as we've been told, and it's been heavily advertised as such. And I know it's hard to stick a landing, but I'm pretty sure that they did pretty well with this, especially considering the last two seasons. What are your thoughts, my man? Oh, I, I agree 100 percent. Uh, Check. <laughs> this this was definitely the best season of Picard by far, and to me, it's it's exactly what the other seasons should have. I appreciated the new characters that they introduced in the first two seasons. I don't want to downplay any of that because I did enjoy that. Making it, uh, I guess you'd say, a love letter to the fans of Star Trek The Next Generation. This was pretty close to perfect. There are minor minor issues here or there, but this season they absolutely knocked it out. Yeah, I, I could not have said it better myself. I totally... I totally agree. Like it was just superb. Um, the just everything about it was fantastic. And you know, and the first two seasons, I think, I think they got a lot of flack because they were kind of messy at points, and you could tell that they were trying for something different, and it didn't work for whatever reason. It moved too slow. Like the ending of the second season, it was such a mess. I felt. You know, got too jammed up, and but this third season, I think, really fixed it and made it like complete. And I don't know if it's because you brought the next generation cast back together, you, you know, and everybody seemed like they were generally having fun doing this, like the original cast and even the new characters you introduced. I mean, I mean, you have Jordy LaForge's daughters, you have. You know, the returning cast, you have Seven, you have Raffi, and we would be remiss if we did not mention one of the coolest characters in Star Trek history, at least in my mind, Captain Liam Shaw. Absolutely. The the actor, Todd Stashwick, who I understand has been in so many other things, I really need to check out. I need to watch 12 Monkeys with him in it and, and watch, watch these other shows just because I was so captivated by him. He starts off and he's like, he's a total asshole. He really is. But you find out he's a very layered character, and I feel that they nail it so well. And I liked him from the get-go, and everybody else is like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, I get a good feeling about it. By the end of the third or fourth episode, everybody's like, dude, he's our new favorite. Yeah. I'm like, well, I told you. I, I pretty much am in complete agreement with you on Shaw. They did an excellent job of writing his character early on to make you hate the guy on, on a surface level. But while you're hating him, it's also like every good super villain in movies, TV, comics, whatever, where the things he was saying, there was some truth to them and a reason for him to believe what he believed. That is a sign of good writing and good storytelling. When even though you're opposed to what he's doing at the time, you understand where he's coming from and what his motivations are. And you can look at it and say, okay, if I was in that position, I might feel the same way and do the same. Exactly. It didn't I mean, just make him a dick to be a dick. Which is what people kind of thought he was at first. And uh, so so, so here's where my mind changed. I realized, oh, my God, I'm getting old. Watching this is, A, everybody looks older, myself included. And B, um, I'm watching the first episode in the episode of him sitting there at the table eating a steak and making fun of the Chateau Picard, <laughs> which, 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 by the way, was an incredible scene. Yes. And um, he's like, no, he goes, I have 500 people to worry about, sir. You know, and you guys want to come do this? No. And I'm like, okay, younger me would have been really upset about him telling Picard Riker no. But then I thought about it. I said, hold on a second. If the shoe had been on the other foot, 
we would have all been up in arms because this guy's coming in telling Picard and Riker what to do. I said, now the shoe's on the other foot. They're those guys. And Shaw has a point. <laughs> how, how many like, times were there episodes of Next Generation where some higher-ranking Starfleet officer or someone came on board the Enterprise and was trying to tell Picard and crew how to do things? Exactly. And you hated that guy or, or, that, or that woman, depending on the, the episode. And, and so, yeah, it was just kind of reversal of fortune and, and role there because people love the character of Captain Picard so much. A lot of them did instantly side with Picard. But like you said, if you stop and think about it, no, that this is exactly what Picard would do in that situation. And then the second episode, when everything, when the shit hits the fan, you realize Shaw was right. <laughs> like exactly right. what he didn't want to have do. I joke that the, um, that the series shouldn't be called Captain Shaw is no good, very bad week. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> because I mean, the whole time he's just like, Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I feel that. Like, I feel that on a deep level. And I think that's what resonated so well with people is we've all been there <laughs> to the point. It's like, why? <laughs> why me? You know, all you do is wake up in bed, bed today. You know, my, my, my first offer is rebelling against me. These two old guys come in and jack my really nice ship. Now I'm being attacked. <laughs> why? Why me? Right. You know, who, whose Cheerios did I piss in? <laughs> And that scene in the fourth episode where he sits there at the bar and he recounts and he does the PTSD thing was powerful as fuck. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like the scene where he's describing Wolf 359 and and hate to toot my own horn, me and one of my bestest friends, Heather, who's like my best Trek buddy, we were talking about it. And it's like, okay, why does he not look Picard and Seven? And I said at the end, after in between one and two, I think was, I said, what if he survived Wolf 359? And as soon as he said to start it, I knew exactly what was coming. I'm like, damn, I was right. <laughs> that whole scene to me was the best scene of the show up until the crew reunited on the bridge of the D, which we love the D. <laughs> our friend, our friend, Barry, our dear friend, Barry Rose, love Cox. We love the D. That, that <laughs> moment when they all stepped onto the bridge of the Enterprise, that I was about to jump out of my seat. I just so much happiness chills. seeing them back I, on that set was just amazing i had chills the first time i felt yeah, oh, like yeah. chill ran up my spine when jordy's like well you know there's gonna be a surprise later on but here here she is and you see her then they're on the bridge together in their old spots and it's like this is perfect about midway through the season i think you and i had the conversation are we riding this nostalgia train too hard the very next episode answered my question with a resounding yes but who gives a fuck <laughs> Give it to me, put it in my veins, and this was the finest example of that. That scene where they're all, and Picard's like, oh, you know, one more time, you know, stations everybody, and they're all in their old spots. Right. It's like, oh, you know, and the Enterprise, and if you get to see Warp into battle was just a moment. And if you would have told me five years ago that I'd be sitting here today with my infant son watching the Enterprise D fight the Borg in a brand new adventure, I might have laughed at you. Right. So sure. to say this was surreal was an understatement. Absolutely. It was pure fan service in a lot of ways. But what's wrong with it, honestly? I mean, you look at people that complain about other tentpole franchises not doing things to reward fans or that fans want to see. They did exactly what we wanted. We got yes. we got the band back together to steal a line from the Blues Brothers. 
Yep. We got the band back together on the ship. And I got to say, from the time they visited Jordy until we finally got on the Enterprise was a hell of a long wait for me. It's just like, yep. give me that damn ship back now. Let's yeah. go. Because because even when, you know, you see Jordy and his one daughter and, she, and they mention something about what's in Hangar Bay 12, it's like, I think I know what's in Hangar Bay 12. Back, and you're exactly. And, and you're just, it's like your presents are under the tree. And it's December 15th and you've got to wait 10 days until you can tear into yeah. them. You know? Exactly. Uh, just, and I mean, you do what's coming, but when, I mean, even in the episode where they were sitting around the table together, the scene, the episode where they're sitting around and Riker's like, it's been too long since we've done this. Yes. And, and they're all kind of looking around. It's like, man, I'm like, this is like, you know, you're riding that nostalgia train. And like you said, other temple franchises, I'm not going to name any, but there are some that resorted to character assassination, not looking at you. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. I got something caught in my throat. <laughs> fuck you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what happened there. Um, but this is what, and I think it's because the first two seasons were not a good send off nemesis. The last movie wasn't even a good send off, but this one, we get a sequel to arguably the greatest next gen movie ever first contact. And we get a fitting end to these characters and the promise of going forward with this new cast, which apparently has not been greenlit, but they'd be stupid not to at this point. Yeah. I, I really think you can't tease that at the end of the show and not follow through on it the way this was received and the way that people have connected to the, these characters now, especially Jack and Crash LaForge. And I mean, everybody, everybody loved seven from, from Voyager and, you know, and, and Rafi was a fine character from the first two seasons. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it would be a mistake not to make this, uh, I don't know what you're going to call it. Can't, you can't really call it enterprise because you've already done that. <laughs> too, too bad you already used that name because that would have been perfect now. I just call it Legacy. Well, that would work. Just, Star just Trek straight. Legacy. I like that. Because, I mean, think about it. You have all these Legacy characters. You have Picard and Crusher's son. You have Seven of Nine. You have Raffi. You're going to have Captain Shaw back in some capacity, which Todd Stashwick has confirmed that he would drop everything in a moment's notice to play Liam Shaw. I don't blame him. You have the, the you have at least Crash LaForge. You have all these other characters who we kind of were introduced to. Right during the course of the show. And it's like, okay, you did great. You laid the groundwork for stuff going forward and you paid tribute to what came before and what made us all fans going back. Chris, I mean, next generation premiered, I was two years old. So I remember a lot of these as a kid and then growing up here, I'm almost 38. So this has been in a part of my entire life. Right. Yeah. And I, I was eight, I guess when next generation first aired, I didn't watch it religiously at that point i watched a number of weeks you know of the season every year but i didn't catch every single episode at that point while i had seen the original series here and there in in reruns and things prior to that next generation has always been the show that i've identified most as my like the show that made me fall in love with Stark. and uh so yeah getting this this send off and and it being basically at least the last two episodes being basically no perfect is just fantastic. And yes, please continue on with these characters, make another show, give us seven seasons of that. So, so before we wrap things up just, just cause I know we're part of a much longer show going on here. 
favorite next gen cast member from this season? Oh, uh, you know, that's a good question. I I would have to say probably Dr. Crusher just for the uh, growth and change of her character when she was uh, manning the weapons station. That was awesome. In the, in the finale. <laughs> and everybody just turns and looks at her and she's like, it's been a long 20 years. <laughs> I, I mean, just she went from, yeah, Dr. Crusher was cool on the show originally. She was great. And then we had that awful season with Dr. Pulaski. But Dr. Crusher was a badass in this show. It was very cool to see such a change in her character. And again, you know, it it had been 20 some years. So that makes sense, especially with, you know, why she was hiding and doing the things she did for her character to change. But they did a very good job with it. Gates McFadden was phenomenal in this uh, update to take on Dr. Crusher or Admiral Crusher now. Yes, yes. At the end, she's now Admiral Crusher and Admiral Picard. Yes. So, um, you're right. And also, on a side note, it's been a bad series, like all three seasons, to be a returning Next Generation guest guest star. Right. I mean, Hugh, unfortunately, Bithuini, I'm still upset about that to this day. The fact that they killed Hugh and, like, unceremoniously, he was one of my favorites. And then you had Ro Laren return unexpectedly for a season, and, or for an episode, shit. Yes. And, you know, she died rather than serious. And then you had Admiral Shelby for five minutes. Right. <laughs> which was unexpected. I'm like, oh, shit. And then they blew her away. I'm like, well, then. Yeah. And that escalated quickly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I think <laughs> I think I might have said that. I'm like, well, uh, thank or no. I think my exact words were thanks for coming, Shelby. Um, <laughs> and but you talking about Pulaski, couldn't they get Diana Mulder back? I know she's probably like nine years old and be like Pulaski and write her off on some terrible scene. I mean, come on. <laughs> so before, before we're done, I, I, we've touched on this in conversations we've had. There were, you know, like we said, it was almost note perfect. There were some issues, albeit small, the death of Shaw probably being the biggest issue. Yes. But if they're fixing that in some form, whatever, please, please do, because that's oh. one of the most, most compelling characters in such Ever. a short period of time, too. Ever in Star Trek. But uh, the other thing I think that, that bugged me that we didn't get was we didn't get Captain Janeway or Admiral Janeway. You, how many times did they mention her in the show and we didn't get an appearance from Kate Mulgrew? Well, and... Apparently, somebody asked Terry Metalis, who apparently trucks in next coming of Jesus, um, right. about that. And he apparently saw well, she's on Prodigy, which, by the way, if you haven't watched it, Prodigy is great. Well, where is that at? Prodigy can be found on Paramount Plus. It's actually a Nickelodeon show. It's a cartoon. But it's oh. so good. It is so okay. good. I think I think Ashlyn would really like it, too, to be honest with okay. you. I mean... It was one of those, I'm like, oh, it's a Star Trek kids show. Christine, I sat down one night with very little JJ. And we're like, holy crap, this is actually really fun. So you know what? I think think Ashlyn asked me about that. And I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure that like Below Decks was something she could watch 100%. Mm. Uh, So I wasn't wasn't sure if that fell in the same vein. No, this is definitely aimed towards a younger audience. Lower Decks, to me. Lower Decks to me is incredible because there's so many in jokes and terrible things. It's pretty much like Star Trek meets Rick and Morty. Right. And, and, that's, and that's why I was very hesitant to, to have her watch it. I, yeah, I, I can understand that. No, but Prodigy. but I, I think Prodigy would definitely be something you two could definitely watch together and really, really enjoy. But 
once we get Voyager finished, we'll do that. Um, well, technically, we're talking about legacy. Janeway is a legacy, wasn't it? Because we see the Borg Queen so messed up at the end of this. And whose fault was that? That's Admiral Janeway's fault. That's true. That is alternate Janeway's fault. So in a way, we did kind of get her. And I mean, we got Seven of Nine, you know, who was bitter towards Janeway because of, you know, even she said, I think it was the very first episode, her and Picard were like, oh, you pushed me into this. You know, I didn't want to do this, but you and Janeway recommended me. Right. But I mean, if we had gotten Janeway, I don't think we would have gotten Tuvok, which was a very nice surprise to see him again. I was so, very glad to see him at the end of today's episode. Yeah, that so I that think, made him Yeah, so I think instead of going to the well too often with one character, you spread the love a little bit. Like, oh, this is, you know, such and such. I mean, what would have been even funnier if Harry Kim is still an ensign <laughs> in 2401. When I thought there was something mentioned where he was finally promoted to captain. Or was that in, was that maybe not in? I, I don't think, I think I was joked at online. It's, is Harry Kim still, you know, is, is it, what happened to Harry Kim? And I think we need that answered in Legacy 2 going forward. There we go. Is, is we Harry go. Kim still an ensign? Because he goes through seven seasons of the Voyager. Everybody else gets promoted <laughs> except him. Yeah. And, and I mean, spoiler alert. it seemed like Harry did a pretty, yeah, spoiler alert for a, what, a 20-year-old show at this point. <laughs> yeah. Time. <laughs> uh, Harry did a pretty good job all throughout the show. I don't, I don't know why he didn't. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole another discussion for another day. But that would have been even funnier, right. you know. I mean, we're talking about you know Janeway. It's like, okay, why didn't Harry Kim get promoted? You know, it's like it would have been funny if Harry Kim showed up and seven would be like, oh, they finally promoted you. Harry Kim, I know, would have never got promoted. <laughs> I have to say, when when Rolaren showed up, I instantly thought, oh, she's going to change that. Yep. Oh, oh, I did too. Like, and I mean, 100%. they they played it up pretty well to make you think that. And that's that's one thing I really appreciate with the writing this year. They they baked you out a few times and got you to buy into something. Oh God, yeah. And think the worst, and then it not be that case. The like, like the first time we thought that Shaw was dead. Yes. And then he was okay, and and then they got us again. Yeah, at the end, but, but yeah, you know they, they um, did a good job of setting those things up, which is nice. The well, and the thing about that episode that I remember is the scene where they're in the bar and they're pointing the phasers at each other, and Picard right. realizes that she is who she says she is. I realized the exact same time he did. I'm like, that exactly. is good writing. When you're exactly. sitting there, you realize those moments the exact same thing, and you feel that. I'm like, that is amazing. Right. <clears throat> Damn that, I, you know, it's like, damn, that's good, you know, and I mean, this season of Picard is definitely one of the strongest seasons of any Star Trek show ever. Sure. You know, I mean, we, we just had a great first season of Strange New Worlds, which second season drops starting in June. So you really got to get your act together on that, Mike. Yeah, and, no, I, I know we've got we're just into five or six episodes into season three of Voyager. So okay. We've got a ways to go still before we can get to that. We'll get there. Don't worry. But, I mean, there's so much good stuff coming out of Trek that it's great to be a fan again. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, to me, it's always been great. I mean, you hit that law where there wasn't a whole lot going on, and then some of the stuff was in, but now it's like we're getting excited again. You know, this nostalgia train. You know, you have people that care. You have fans that care and have to be good writers. 
right. to say, okay, let's bring this back. You know, let's 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 make Star Trek fun again. It's pretty much what it is boiled down to. Exactly. And that's what Strange New Worlds is. That's what this season of Picard was. It's like, okay, you know, let's bring the characters we love back and let's bring, you know, and everybody looked like they were having the time of their lives, you know, by the end of it, you know, when they're all standing around. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is this is beautiful. And it's like you get, you know, and it seems like, okay, we're going to try and bring the franchise back together, stop the infighting. Kind of like Mandalorian did with Star Wars. It's, you That's know, a very okay, good parallel, yeah. You know, everybody is, they're working on bringing everybody back together, whereas Star Wars did with Mandalorian, where the franchise was so splintered after that last Disney trilogy. And here comes the Mandalorian. And as soon as he unveiled Little Grogu in that first episode, Everybody came together to see what was going to happen. Like it was like yeah. this big, like uniting to see Mando and Grogu every week together, and still is. I need to finish that season. We're like four episodes behind. Oh, well, you've got I some know. fun store for you then. I know, I know. Well, you know, something I I tried not to watch without Christine. So we'll probably get to it this week ourselves. But there you go. You um, said binge. Exactly. I think that's what we're going to do. And I can't wait to see Grogu. You know, it's crying all of a sudden. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. So, so again, before we close out the segment, we have to give a special shout out to Michael Dorn as Worf, who has always been a favorite, but damn, did he have some great dialogue this season? Yes, he did. My one quibble with the finale actually has to do with Worf, actually. When they're standing there on the board cube and Picard and Picard and Jack are doing their thing, and Riker looks up and he goes, see a tsunami Zadi. You know, me and our son will be waiting for you. Worf had the chance to look up and go, I'll see you soon, Jadzia. And they did not do it. That would have been good. That, well, Christine said, she goes, that would have torn the heartstrings out. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, that, that, that might have been too, too emotional for us to come back from with everything going on. Then he looks up and he goes, I'll see you soon, Jadzia. You know, I'll see you in Stovacor or something like that. It's like, damn. Oh. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, that that was the only quibble. But other than that, Worf, pacifist Worf, you know, should be should have his own show. I would watch. Like, yeah. I mean, a show just about him now, even if you do like six episodes and just do a story about Worf. So so like Kung Fu. Yes. Where Worf's just traveling the galaxy. No, the the show we need, and I think that you know, if we clamor enough, they'll do it. And to me, it was the best Worf comedic scene this season is, what did Worf do to the Enterprise-E? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry, that scene where they're in the shuttle and Jordy's like, well, you know, we can't use the, and everybody just stops and looks at Worf, and Worf's like, that was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to know what he did. Okay. Right. Terry Metallus, if you're out there, I hope you're a fan of our podcast. Give us Star Trek Worf. Be good. <laughs> Just um, give us Star Trek Legacy, please. Uh, yes. Yes, don't, please. Don't, don't, don't give us that post-credit scene and then not deliver. Oh, that was, that was a stroke of beauty. That was such a stroke of beauty. Like, you know, and then the look Jack gives him there at the end, I'm like, this is like perfect. Yeah. Because I... Great job of casting the actor for Jack. 
he killed it all season. You know, at the beginning, I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this because the whole having a kid storyline was totally a ripoff of Wrath of Khan. Right. There are, there are a lot of homages, if you want to call them the Wrath of Khan, during the course of the first part of the show. But, um, but as the character grew on, and, you know, I think the last three or four episodes really did a great job for Jack. I think that he really came around. I mean, and everything made sense. Like, okay, yeah, oh, hey, here, I can put my mind inside other people. Like, what the fuck? Are you Professor Xavier now? Are you actually Xavier's kid? What the <laughs> fuck, dude? Yeah. He got he got a little bit of a little bit of both. <laughs> yes, but then then they explained it, and the scene with him and Picard at the end there, when you think they're both going to die on the cube, right. was incredible. Like I just like maybe it's just the fact that you know being a dad now kind of ripped my heart out a little bit seeing them together. And he's like, "Don't worry." He goes, he goes, he goes. I'll stay right here with you. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sitting there watching it with JJ this morning, I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> but no, I think I think he'll be just fine going forward. I definitely think he has a lot of character potential going forward. And talk about a major chip on your shoulder. I mean, you're the son of two of Starfleet's most famous officers ever. Right. You know, that's, that's something you can go forward with. And I mean, the LaForge girls are perfectly fine and yeah, you know, uh, you go, two of the two of the biggest, most important officers ever, and you were used as the fulcrum uh, for the Borg trying to destroy the human race. So, and the Federation. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, just a little bit of a chip. Yeah, just there, just like you know, little, you know, tiny, just tiny yeah, little bit, just, just a little bit, you know, <laughs> just. Just, just a little bit, you know, the fact that, you know, you were used the second time, you were the second one in your line of use as a Borg weapon against the Federation. Right. You know, just a little bit, you know, that's, that's not, you know, but I felt he really came around later on. Sure. And, you know, because the first part of the, I'm like, dude, this is so annoying, you know, stop us. Stop with the storyline, give me more of the next gen cast, but then the way it all kind of seemed together, to me, it was genius. Right. You know, like I said, he, there, there are very anything you could say about the show in a negative way is very small, and they they just did so much right. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to give it a little bit of time and catch up on some other shows that I have to catch up on. But I definitely think I'm going. Well, I mean. To be fair, these last couple episodes, because Christine didn't get to watch them with me the first time, I've gotten to watch with her again. So, like, the last half of the season, I've gotten to watch twice, to be fair. Right. So, and um, she 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 was even blown away. She goes, you know, that was actually really good. And she squealed when she saw the post-credits scene, because Q's her favorite character. Okay. I can, I can totally understand that. I totally... Oh, yeah. he He's tremendous. Did I... Did I show you the cameo? Did I did I send her tell you the cameo that I had him do for her for her graduation for her residency graduation? He spoke for like three. He sent us like a three minute video. I think you told me about it if I remember right. I'll have to I'll have to send it over to you because it's really really good because I said 
you know, congratulations and, um, you know, and about being a mom and everything like that. And he's, of course, is a dad to a couple boys, I think. And it was just a beautiful, well done video. She cried. I was so happy. She actually teared up watching it. So, although I was very direct in what I told her I wanted for Father's Day or for my birthday this year, because Todd Stash wrote this cameo. I said, I want you to ask Catherine and Shaw reach out and tell me Happy Father's Day or just say no. <laughs> so I, I said, I don't care if it's a five-second video of him just going, no. And that's it. I said, I would cheer so hard for that. He'd probably piss my pants in hysterics. He could, he could come on camera and say, Christine asked me to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I say? I say, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Request denied. Ah! And, he, and he does this while eating a steak. Yes. Yes, with, with balsamic. He actually confirmed that it was balsamic that he was dipping the steak in. Okay. okay. And, he actually is a, and he actually is a Malbec dude. It's, it's funny. I kind of went down a rabbit hole of hearing him talk about things because he's, he's a nerd like us. Awesome. And awesome. He's, been a, he's been a Trekkie all of his life. So this to him was like a dream. Oh, yeah. And, and apparently the story goes is that they wrote the character for him. Was that when Terry Metalis, who I found out was hired to do season two, but then halfway through season two, they came to him and said, we need you to do season three. We would like you to step away and do season three. So that's when he cooked up the idea. And I sort of explains why the second half of season two got kind of messy. Sure. Because you sure. were kind of going in one way, but then it's like kind of fell apart. By saying, you know, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Because you can definitely tell that season three, you know, the first half of season two was fine, but then it kind of got messy. But then season three was so well put together. Right. But but Metallus and Stashwick had worked together on 12 Monkeys, and Metallus wrote this role with him in mind and called him up and said, hey, this is great. And Stashwick apparently told me, that's great. Who are you going to get to play it, though, if not me? Because apparently in Hollywood it works like that. Right. But he came in and nailed the part, and they're like, you know what? It's like no one else could have done this, and I agree. Yeah, I, he fit he fit the role perfectly. You know, like everything about him, and it's funny because you listen to like an analysis, and he was actually named for the Jaws character. And you think about it, it's appropriate because in Jaws, Shaw is all about the shark in Indianapolis and everything else, and this. Liam Shaw is about the Borg. What ends up being his undoing? The fucking Borg. So it would, yeah, I mean, one of the greatest movie characters of all time. Uh, You know, I mean, Shaw to me is part of that movie. It's like one of the best parts of that movie. Besides the shark, of course. So, uh, I'm I'm sorry, Robert Shaw, Quint, I'm sorry. uh, but they, that's who was the inspiration for Liam Shaw. So, you know, that's the uh, like, okay thing about this. So apparently when he was doing the scene where he's sitting there talking about Wolf 3 of I-9, that's what he pulled from. And, all these, and apparently military people, like people with PTSD or all these other ailments, like Survivor's Guild, have reached out to him and said that was incredible. You know, you just did something that has never quite been captured that way on screen before. All right. Wrapping up this week's episode, 
we've got a pretty badass interview here with the guys from the Josephines, Brad Tabor and Zach Lindsay. And uh, it was a pretty good time. How about it, Chris? Uh, dude, I, I got to thank you for introducing me to these guys. Their music is awesome. Uh, we definitely talk about, you know, the description of their music and, you know, let everybody form an opinion for themselves. But they are badass musicians and great dudes. Like, we had such a good time with this interview, and I think it really shows through with the interview that the two of us get to do with them. I mean, they were gracious with their time, their energy, and, you know, I'm really looking forward. And I definitely think that we this is not the last time we'll be having them on, which excites me immensely great sense of humor out of these guys too and uh so yeah stick around after the interview you'll get uh, some contact info for these guys and we'll send you out with a song so stay tuned and uh enjoy so we are here uh welcome to the other ship and the first episode we are off the ground flying through the sky and uh i'm joined tonight by chris spiker my co-partner here my conspirator and uh, Michael Herrick on the controls. And we are joined tonight by Brad Tabor and Zach Lindsay from the Josephines from hello, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hello. hello. And uh, this is pretty rad for me. I'm a huge fan of the band. And uh, thanks for being here, guys. You got some shitty taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm a huge fan of the band. Uh, the first time I saw you guys was actually uh, maybe 2018 in Lafayette, Indiana, at the Lafayette Theater. Oh, right yeah. on. We talk about that all the time. We want to come back so bad. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, that is a great place for a show, man. It really is. It's a cool venue yep. and yeah. great acoustics, great everything. It's a really great building. But yeah, that was the first time you guys opened for Blackstone Cherry. And uh, yep. uh, oh, oh. Lost another year, I think was what they were called. They were, it was like great value, grace kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, did you go to the after party across the street? No, but it was always like I said. That was uh, a great show. We were totally like, man, these dudes are fucking badass. So oh, we made our way out. We got bought a uh, bought the EP, sober up, got some shirts, got some. You guys signed some stuff, took some pictures. Hell yeah! And we were like, this is pretty cool, you know, and. Uh, We've only gotten worse. <laughs> nah, I beg to differ. But uh, then we <laughs> went down to Indy. We saw you at the Lo-Fi. You guys did a headline spot there at that little kind of art venue oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and that was fun. At, at, you had uh, just broke your hand like the day before. Dude, yeah, I was, I was a little... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. fucking ripped it, dude. Everybody was like, fucking look at this dude tripping, yeah, man. Yeah. Over the oh, that was when I like. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. that's yeah. Right. I, yeah, my doctor like put me in this giant cast that like went up to my elbow, and I was like, "Yeah, this ain't gonna work." And he was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I make my living playing guitar, and I'm right-handed, so we got to figure something else out." And I, it, it took me like half a day, but yeah, they brand they brandished me this weird fucking like thing that just made my hand stuck. And I think I tried to play like two songs with it on at that show, and I was like, "Yeah, no, it's coming off. It's coming off." Yeah, that was. An awesome show. That was one of my one of my favorite times seeing you guys because you got to do like almost two hours and it was yeah we did like everything. It was a banger, dude. That fucking oh, yeah. was rocking. But uh, other place, dude. What's up, Indiana? Why? Yeah. yeah where, where are yeah, we? Why are we not? Why are you not having us back, Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I've been begging. I actually, I even went to Illinois uh, 
that was the one I actually got to take my kids to. It was a uh, Illinois Indian. Uh, no, Kankakee, <laughs> home of uh, the hangman, Bruce Pobans. I don't know if you know him. He body slammed Andre the Giant. He's a fucking crazy oh, dude, man. And he's a former NWA champion. <laughs> actually, he's a notorious bullshit artist who claims all these crazy things. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of a kook. But we like to mention him just to give him kind of. just to give him his uh, shout out. The hangman. But uh, it was in Kankakee, Illinois, at the Main Street Music Festival. Kankakee. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, several, like, different, uh, several different I'm, stages going on and stuff. But we got to take my young kids, who are huge fans of you guys, too. And uh, awesome. it was awesome. I got a huge plaque thing of each one of you guys took pictures with her. And we got a, this big thing made up. And I mean, they, they love you guys, dude. And that was super awesome of you guys. I, Totally want to thank you again it's for that. Super really? weird how how like you. I don't think of us as being a child friendly band. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all, dude. That's but my kids aren't really like child friendly children. <laughs> <laughs> but they are. They're yeah. sweet girls, but they're like they're kind of ornery, man. They're like Hot Wheels and stuff. I guess we're, we're not Barbie cool. kids. People are raising cool kids because like uh, I mean, our it's it's odd because our fan base is just like. Like we'll have kids who uh, whose parents will be like, yeah, they had to show their favorite band uh, at school today, and they just played Fireball in front of the teacher, or like Satan's Field, and it's like, oh, really? Uh, they played that in public school, huh? Like, <laughs> yes, dude. that's cool. I yeah, actually, that's, that's probably not going to get. I actually have a crazy story about my first ever concert. I was a big Milo fan as a kid, and I went. I was 11 years old. My dad took me to Star Pavilion in Hershey. He does three songs. He steps up the microphone. Hey Hershey, how the fuck you doing? My dad goes, Oh my God. <laughs> so then so so that so then the last song he did before the encore was Paradise by the Dashboard Night. Now keep in mind, I'm eleven years old. I have no idea what the song's actually about. Yeah. yeah. So 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 of course the, the, the female singer comes out and Milo stops the phone and he goes, Why are you dressed like a whore? And dad goes, That that's it, we're done, we're out. So that's very much Milo. Yeah, your dad was like, I thought we were going to a diner. Yeah. I just <laughs> <laughs> I just I fucked up. I fuck. I mean nothing. Nothing. Fuck. Fuck. Bad out of hell. Fuck. Yeah. Exa- yeah. Exactly. I'm like. I'm like. All I wouldn't do is hear Bad Out of Hell, and all of a sudden now, you know, because Bad Out of Hell is like one of the greatest rock opera albums like ever. It's, dude, that song. Uh, it always gets me on Bob's Burgers when like, uh, uh, Bob teaches Louise how to how to ride her bike, and then that song. <laughs> and it's so about that. That's awesome though. Bob's Burgers is great. Andre the Giant 3000. Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Dude, their Halloween costumes, fucking, the Halloween costumes and then just the business names, just that, crud. Yeah, it's that sh- show as a whole is awesome. I mean, did you guys watch the new season? Have you, are you caught up? I have not no. now. Well, when do you I'm, get uh, Beginning of season nine is where I'm at right now. It, uh, it, it, it brought me to tears. And not in the way that Mosberger's normally does. We were watching it, and my wife just looked at me and goes, "What the fuck is wrong with us?" And we were both just sitting there, just like, <laughs> "Why is he so doing this?" Like the best episode of, of any. Like it's so good. I don't know. It's just like Gene's xylophone concert. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. All right, I'm, com- I'm a complex emotional. <laughs> I can dig it, man. I'll be tuning in. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So. uh, Let's start uh, asking some questions, I guess. 
how did you guys get together as a band? How did the Josephines come to be? Uh, prison? Uh, yeah, prison. Kind of just garage. Really? That's awesome. Um, the, uh, I was playing in another band at the time, and uh, Brad, me and Brad were living together, and uh, he started playing me some songs, and I was like, shit, dude, these are fucking dope. And uh, I had a, a like a Foo Fighters tri- tribute thing going on, just for fun thing to make a couple extra grand when everybody needed to pay bills. And uh, also, it was dope. It still is. Uh, one by one. Yeah. Yeah. It's look us up. You can't find anything. It's, you can't find anything. But if they ever play a show and you see it, it's uh, it's four. Yeah. But we uh, yeah. One day after rehearsal, he came in and he played us "Coal Mine Gone," and it was me and Josh, our original bass player, and Justin, our original drummer, and we just like kind of started jamming around on it, just worked it up, and then you know, years later, here we are. <laughs> look what I did to my friends. <laughs> You guys still cool with Josh, man? Everything cool? Yeah, yeah dude, he's, he's my next door. Club. Club. Yeah, you want me to go get Josh? Yeah, he's right next door. Are you fucking for real, dude? On for trail? Real? Yeah. 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 Oh, he's like, yeah. Yeah, 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 Josh. All right, Josh and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be right Josh back. Josh, go over. Uh, yeah, Josh, dude, Jonas. And, all right, cool. All right, yeah, we're back. And we're back. Ah, hold on. We're back. Uh, speaker, it's coming back. It's my speaker keeps turning up. Shit. Oh, your hair looks so voluminous. Oh, yeah. Voluminous. Is it voluminous or is it voluminous? There we go. Okay, there we go. There we go. Hey, all right. Are we all good? Hey, it's Josh. Josh London. Apparently, no, uh, former bassist of the Josephines, a uh, current proprietor of Vales and fabulous artist. Damn. Hey, really? <laughs> That's so sweet of you yeah. to say and, and green as hell. Yeah, green as hell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the season. Dress What's green. It's the season for what? For being green? Yeah, I, yeah, I was just uh, talking <laughs> to the guys about the <laughs> origins of the band. <laughs> and uh, I, just I was just asking it. if you were still cool with the guys and likewise and they're like yeah he's next door we'll go get him so you were like wait a second what yeah it's like oh yeah we, we keep him next door yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah very cool to see you again man yeah yeah good to see you for sure this is uh it's a totally like super duper happenstance like I was in so the band. That, yeah, I'm sitting now. <laughs> a happen set. Uh, <laughs> when we were touring, uh, my girlfriend and I were like, okay, we've definitely got to get the hell out of this place that we're in. So we were living kind of downtown, and it was a creepy old place. And uh, as per usual, you know how that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the house next to that. Yeah, I'm a gribbling. <laughs> I'm a gribbling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the house next door to, to Zach came up for rent, and I don't know how we managed to get the house, but we did. Money. And I think, yeah, I think we put a deposit down first. <laughs> we called the number on the side. We called the number. Uh, we, we had to pay the first month's rent. And we've been there literally ever since. <laughs> yeah. We were, talk- we were talking about the start of the band. Um so when these guys, when Mona was leaving town, uh, we, uh, me and Josh did Josephine songs as a band called Toaster Bath, and they were just really stripped down and sad. Toaster Bath? Over. Yeah, like we made them slower. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we 
pruned a lot more, I feel like. Uh, we, just, this. we wanted to represent how sad we were that our, our bubbies were gone <laughs> temporarily, just yeah. for, you know, like a couple of weeks. <laughs> or a week. Yeah, a week in some cases. Um, but, yeah, that didn't go over very well. So, wait, Drew, is that I, I, he and I had a couple of car rides, and he was like, "Oh, I was—I uh, had an offer to uh, to go play with uh, Coulter Wall. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And we drove around one day, and Zach and Justin were gone, and Alex wasn't in the band yet. Uh, and and I told him, I was like, "Hey, man, they said that I might be able to like go on tour and play bass for Coulter Wall. So we went on a drive, and he says." Look, man, you got to do what you got to do. And and I love you so much. And I understand if you're going to go on tour with them. I was like, what? 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 I wouldn't do that. Well, it depends on how much they're going to pay. They're probably not going to pay me. Toaster bath, dude. So toaster bath it was. And we had some we had some good times with it. We did. And they would come back. And it was just like like bigger every yeah. time. And Zach, I'll never forget the time we walked in ten balls. And Zach was just cackling laughing. He was like, Wow, these fucking people here! Yeah. Like, Dude, I don't know. Like, it was so strange. It's it's like we built this weird cult thing. It was almost like a like a fucking comedy show. It really, because it was so to be fair. It was so weird. It was, I think they still are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think our show's a uh, performance art type thing. Yeah, performance art. Performance art. He he found a shirt that said "Live Laugh Toaster Bath" the other day. Yeah, and I thought he made yes. it. I've been sharing that meme. <laughs> Pretty much anytime somebody posts something that just kills me inside with yeah. laughter, I post that. That, that, like uh, like the refrigerator magnet so letters. Yeah, come on. We can't we can't we can't say the whole thing because it'll make us sound like a bunch of tchotchkes. But uh, yeah, we, we had some cool. Bunch of roses. I found one the other day. I put it on. Eric got handed to me. My wife hands it to me and goes, "Here you go." And I was like. No. Yeah, the last white t-shirt I ever owned. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first one. Really? So after you guys uh, got together as as a band, where did the name come from? And uh, did, uh, it's a, what it's did a you strict- set out to sound like? I guess what was what influences were you drawing from as a collective? A bunch of weird ones. A bunch of weird ones. There was I know Radiohead was in there. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, we were gonna do all these covers that we never did. Yeah, still ever. <laughs> we, we still do the same thing we used to, where we'd be like, we're like almost every practice. We're like, we're gonna we're gonna learn these covers, and then we just never play Seminole Wind. And yeah, we know yeah. we just don't do that. Dude, anymore. I forgot about Seminole. Oh my god, dude, do that anymore. Yeah, John Anderson was a huge influence. <laughs> <Big guy. laughs> If you can't tell on our lyrical content or how our songs sound or how Brad sings, you guys want me to go get Justin real quick. Yeah. <laughs> He's just best He's in Utah. Yeah. I'll go get him. <laughs> you guys have like the Southern rock, like badass sound to you. And that's, you know, it's like Mumford and Sons grew some balls. And that's how you guys came about. Oh, yeah. No, that was a big thing, too. People used to call us Munfordville and Sons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about, yeah, about 30 yeah, minutes north where our tour manager lives or is from. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a town called Munfordville. So, oh, wow. The Munfordville and Sons. And I thought it was somebody goes, I hope, I love it, too. People come up to us and go, I hope, uh, hope this don't offend you none, but uh, you guys kind of sound like Munford and Sons. I'm like, why the fuck would that offend me? Yeah, like they sell so many record. records. Like, <laughs> right. 
That's so sick. I fucking love that shit. Like, and, it, it, I, I mean, you guys have more of an edge to you, and that, and that's what I really like. I was just listening to you guys when we were traveling down oh. south. My folks live in this little town in Louisiana. We were driving from George Bush Airport to Louisiana and back and forth. And I'm like, man, this is, this is good stuff. Thanks, sick. man. Thanks. Well, yeah. It's like Mumford and Sons with a snare drum. I would say, uh, yeah. I would say, uh, <laughs> I'd say Mumford and Sons, those guys probably didn't live nearly the same kind of lives that we all oh. had. Uh, that, uh, I was always struck by was like when I got the EP and you hear the finished, polished studio versions of songs and then you see it and there's Different. all the attitude, you know, everything's amped up hype and it's it's like two totally different worlds so when i like yeah. in, try to introduce people to the band i always try to find like live stuff i'm like right. you need to see this dude yep because you know? well, you're because like you know, mandolin doesn't come across when you're you know at tidbulls or at right. the Lafayette theater or you know when you're reaching that dude and punching him in the chest at the very back of the building yeah, yeah. well when you when you pay for a show you should be fucking entertained like right. and, Sarah, yep. you don't talk about like politics or do anything we're just like i'm our job is to be there and have make sure you all have a good fucking time because like what else are we doing like you're paying money to like get away from the bullshit and it's like we fuck that's our way of getting away from the bullshit even if it's our job it's like the, we have 16 fucking hours leading up to the show that you don't fucking see and then we get there and give you like an hour and a half and that hour and a half is everything so it should be equally as important to y'all and there's no there's no time for us to be giving you some nonsense like right. that's what but, i mean it's like it's such a it's like getting booted by a horse dude yeah. <laughs> you guys fire up with coal mine at the beginning it's just boom you can feel the fucking floor shaking dude we yeah. paid all those horses yeah we paid a horse <laughs> yeah we paid two horses. <laughs> i thought you rode that thing to the ground Wait, cowboys man a hell of an album <laughs> it is great speaking of the uh the album cocaine or cowboys amazing absolutely awesome uh want to go to chris here chris just listened to the album <laughs> what were your impressions of the album chris what did you think of tunes so it's definitely got like like i said they've got an edge to them and I, and i like that it's good old style southern rock that you don't really get a lot of anymore it feels like it's definitely yeah. something different also guys i love I love Honky Tonk Funeral Home. I want to put that out there. We do too. Yes. I, I was very drunk when I wrote that. And uh, I was on an airplane to Vegas. To, uh, I was officiating my buddy's wedding. And I, I wrote on napkins. And I sent it to Zach. And Zach's like, yeah, that could be cool. And then I was like, think about like Jerry Reed. And we get home. And he's like, how about this? And I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> like, that's cool. I, I mean, it was one of those things. I always say you remember the first time that you heard something that shook you or changed your life. And, you know, Drew sent me this music. He goes, Hey, you know, listen to these guys and fireball is the first song I listened to. And it's like, boom, it's like it kind of smacks you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? well, and it's like, it's like, okay, cool. It was you the, know? uh, the lost river session. Video. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was, a, that was a good, that was a good one. It was a good you one. Know, Maggie's Bones is another great song. Like, you know, yeah. you, 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 you just remember because music is a transcendental art. As somebody who doesn't have a musical bone in his body, I appreciate people that can do that. Oh, well, shit, man. We, 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 do awesome. our, we do our best. It's not much, but we do our best. 
And, yeah, well, that's, that's actually, that's, uh, Maggie's Bones is a fucking killer fly, dude. Yeah, um, dude, that's, that's a fun it, Yeah, that's a... It just goes, man. Love and it, it goes, and it doesn't uh, hang, dude. It's a floor we, shake. We've, uh... With, with, like, us trying to implement all the new stuff, um, it's, it's like, Maggie's Bones kind of took a, a back seat because there's so much rocking shit, and then... When, as soon as we had the amount of time that we needed to throw another song in, it was the first one. We were like, yeah. oh, well, Maggie's Bones, because I mean, it rips. And it takes up like five minutes. Yeah. So it's like five minutes. Always, just always jam up. that one out and make it a little bit trippier if you want to. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I have to know, as a fan, will we ever get boxes on wax on record? Oh, man. I, I mean, it, it may or may not be on the next record. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah. As I was moving, my kids like, Dad, this song's like you. Yeah, actually, the only argument like, yeah. a little fifth with our with our new bass player Lee about a piano part on that song. Like, yeah, no, it was. Can you superimpose impose superimpose <laughs> Lee's face? This doesn't mind. make uh, no video. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's like that song's a ripper, and I don't know. Have you heard the new version? Off no. of Tanner Cowboys. No. Okay. No. So we so we've got a we have a, a we've made some changes to that tune. Yeah. A little bit. It's we like, got a new record coming out. We got a new record yeah. coming out. Oh, even better. I'm on that one. I'll be on that. <laughs> What'd you say? I said I'll be all over that. Yeah. It's it's fucking. Uh, we've had a really really good time. Making this one. This yeah. has been a fucking. This has been really fucking cool, man. Where are you guys uh, recording at? Uh, I was uh, Sienna Sound. It used to be called Quad. It's where like Neil Young recorded uh, Harvest and yeah. like uh, all kinds of like badass old records in the seventies and stuff. And uh, yeah, we we got to see where some uh, some pretty uh, uh, risque yeah things risque happened. things happened between some pretty big artists. It was cool. It was in a creepy ass basement too. Dude, so they had a reverb chamber, and it it's like it wraps around. It's it's basically like a horseshoe. I don't know. It it looks like something off of a fucking horror movie. So you go into it, and there's it's obviously like in a the basement's not finished. Have you ever seen Barbarian? <laughs> yeah, it's like a yeah. tunnel kind of Barbarian twins. Exactly. Oh, they drop mics through this thing, and the rest of it's kind of like boilers or like file cabinets, and there's no real lights. It looks like where the Joker got his face, like where Jack Nicholson got his his face all all cut up in the Batman movie. It looks like that. Batman one, Batman, Batman. yeah, Batman one, yeah. and Jason uh, Batman. Yeah, and uh, it looks like that. We have a friend who sat in the Batmobile. One. And there's just this incredible. Yes, we reason. do. We have a friend that sat in the Batmobile. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Chris, out there? And you guys, you guys didn't want to talk about anything uh, like real, though, did you? Because <laughs> it's impossible to get to. This is super informal, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. guys, guys, we're, guys. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we are we're the trying. Most chill dudes you're ever gonna meet. The point was, we're we're trying. This is just as far as we can get. Like we're now, the ideas are, are changing. So you either either you fire away questions, or we're gonna end up talking about space. I've always wondered, man, uh, notorious cartoon rock and roll bands. Uh, I got to think of the way outs from the Flintstones, man. Do you really think that's where the fun is? Way out? 
Hopefully. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of weird-ass shit going on down here, so hopefully there's something cooler going on in the space. Fun, Inside. Speaking of the Stone Age, it was good to see you guys. I'm going to go back home and eat some spaghetti. Hey, spaghetti. Other people on the spaghetti. Wrong with that. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for your time, Thank you, bud. That was kind of cool. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, that was pretty wild, Allie. man. Good to <laughs> see Josh. Good to see him doing well. Yeah. Oh, dude. Happy. Yeah, Josh is great. He's, uh, very nice guy. Yeah, his mom was like super cool, too, man. When we saw you guys at one of the shows, oh, she would always, she remembered my wife. So she'd be like, when you buy your merch, and I'll hold it right here. Nobody's going to fuck with your stuff. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Jennifer, I think, is her name. Uh, very yeah, nice so lady. When, like, when that was, when Josh was leaving, we we know Lee for a long time. So let's yes. talk about Lee. Yeah, the Lee, new guy, Lee Williams. Lee Williams. Uh, we've known Lee for forever. Went to high school together. Lee's fucking cool as shit, and he's one of those guys. He was in Sleeper Agent before uh, this, and he's been in a few things. Lee is uh, just graduated from Belmont with a what jazz bass or something. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, uh, he's the, he's the real one. He's the only real musician. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, oh, you he's got a shooter in the band, huh? I don't even know my own chords. In Georgia, two weeks ago, I was like, I don't remember how to do this. And he had to show me where to put my finger on stage. That's pitiful. And I was like, God <laughs> fucking damn it. That's where we're, we help each other, man. Yeah. In the hey, words of Ronnie Van Zint. People help him. He down and out, lend a helping hand. That's right. Hey, so... <laughs> Yeah, but Lee, so uh, you guys and Josh came uh, and like Josh showed him parts and like Josh was pretty involved in that transition too. And so like it's always it's yeah, it's all everything's good. Life is life is good. We're all we're all buds. Yeah. So, so do you guys find that your musical influences like the stuff you guys listen to, does that make it into your music or do you like do one in the other? That way you have like a love for you know, because some some people I know like they're hardcore rock stars, but they go listen to hip hop on their days off because they separate themselves from it. I mean, or, no, like uh, I know, like we all listen to so much weird shit, like like weird, weird, weird shit. So it's like it. I mean, it does, but it comes out in like odd ways, like in little like nuanced parts and songs. But like I do kind of feel like the Josephines, like the sound is one hundred percent like a. Uh, like a blend, blended up fucking shit mix of like all the things that we listen to. Cause there's a lot of like folk stuff. There's a lot of like rock and roll stuff and it all kind of just <clears throat> becomes this one thing when we do it together. Nice. Yeah, like, um, Lee does love hip hop. Yeah. Lee loves it. So yeah, Lee, Dave, yeah, Lee, Lee and Dave both love hip hop. And I mean, Dave loves the dead. Lee loves every, like he's just a fucking music guy. Encyclopedia of music. He really is. I don't really listen to a ton of music. Um, I I drive around. I drive around in silence. <laughs> I, I, I do kind of. My wife makes fun of me. But uh, like, I listen to. Believe it or not, just like kind of. I like peaceful stuff. So like, uh, War on Drugs is my go-to. They're and, great. Oh, they're so good. And they're uh, really good. Tom yeah. Waits is always something I can throw on, which. Is probably a uh, telltale sign that I need to go to back to the therapist because <laughs> it's the easy <laughs> grab. But also, <laughs> yeah, 
Also, uh, you know, my favorite song um, is uh, Just to See You Smile by Tim McGraw. So uh, I've kind of, I think I'm kind of a, I think I'm a broken man. We, we do we do a huge <laughs> homage to uh, to Tim McGraw on the new record. Yeah, we do. It's pretty crazy. We love you, Tim McGraw. That's how the record starts. <laughs> well, he's a big fan of our podcast, so I'm sure. Yeah, Thank God. We go, hey, I wish I was like to ask that because. Hey, Tim McGraw, we like you, Tim McGraw. And yeah. and Dory Faith, we love you too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't. <laughs> Just Tim. It's only Tim. All about Not the team, you. Oh, just kidding. Uh, Yeah, the uh, because because I always like to ask that question to musicians because the the answer surprised me whenever you're like, oh, so what do you listen to when you're not playing this music? And you know, they're like, oh, we listen to the Beastie Boys, or you know, Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Alex is into. I mean, Alex loves like um, she's. I mean, Alex gets really into all the like. Like the really good power pop bands that did the theme songs for like early two thousand TV shows, and I don't know, I can't remember any of the names of them, but he'll like play like four records for him. Yeah. Like, oh shit, this band's good. Like the band that did the theme song for Scrubs, yeah, yeah. He fucking loves that band. Yeah, the dude true. that the dude that did the theme song for Community, but then he, he loves but then his he's band. Just, then he's always right. Yeah, Will, I mean, Wilco is huge for Alex, and and I mean, I think all of us, we all fucking yeah. love Wilco. Oh yeah, which is great. Awesome. Wilco is great. Oh, how, yeah, oh, it's, it's everything. So, yeah, um, I mean, also, I think Alex has shown me, Alex has shown me some some really interesting artists. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I heard, I knew Animal Collective, but I didn't know Animal Collective. <laughs> and then, I didn't know. And then we would just be driving for hours on end and be like, dude, pick <laughs> this out. And we would just be just rip stone, just piping the highway, yeah, listening to, just wiping the highway. Wiping the highway. <laughs> is, that like a, is that a cake maker term? Like Do what? Imagine the guy with like a bag of icing hanging out the van door. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, call, we'll call it a bag. Yeah, a bag of icing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for everybody. Air quotes are awesome for anything. Radio, baby. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, shit! You got any more brain busters for us? <laughs> I, I, I have um, you even, It's good. Arn Anderson fun question. It is. Have we answered a question you asked? Here's a strange off the wall question. Uh, do you remember the first piece of music, physical piece of music you bought? Cassette, eight track, album, whatever. Bought or received? Either. Either or. My received is way fucking cooler than my bought. No. Uh, my dad, my dad was best friends with the guy that like ran like the number one like the number one record store in Bowling Green. And I remember like whatever day it was in 1991, he comes back with fucking uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Nevermind on CD, and they're like the the promo copies of it. And I remember listening to both of those records, one for a lot longer than the other, and just being like. What? What? What's this? Okay, yeah, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Bought what I think was like fucking Nickelback, Silver Side Up, or some dumb bullshit like that. That's a burner. Um, I my first CD ever was Hello Nasty. 
by the Beastie Boys. Then I got Tub Thumper by Chumbawamba, which changed me. <laughs> I heard I heard uh, Tub Thumper one time, and I lost my mind. If you want it, yeah, it was. you got it. And then and then I think from there it, uh, um, you know, I think I spiraled. There were some dark times after that. I was six. So uh, I was going through just a lot. Seven to nine was a dark period for me. Um, Not because anything happened, just emotionally. I got ruined because the best album I had ever heard uh, was first. And then I heard Tup Thumper and I thought, well, is everything just bullshit? Or Yes. Yeah. Existential crisis. That's That's the one you guys should cover. You guys need to cover Tub Thumping. Yeah. Oh God! Oh, I don't think sure. we have enough people in the throw band. that on the list of covers that have it yet to be covered. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be that'd be bad for our career, I think. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> South by Southwest. Yeah, uh, that's oh. pretty awesome. How did that go? That's the Chris Farley portion of the interview. Right. Well, <laughs> South by Southwest. That's awesome, that's right? Cool. You remember? You remember uh, that, guys? <laughs> like, two weeks ago. Remember that? You guys remember? Dude, South was insane. South was crazy. We uh, it was great. We drank a lot. We smoked a lot. We did anything we could get our hands Met on. Met Paulie Shore. Met Paulie Shore. He was weird as fuck. No, well, he wheezing the juice. He was he weird was, as fuck. He was. Paulie Shore was busy. I would, he was just. He was just. He was just Paulie Shore. Also, like saying Paulie Shore is weird. That's is why. Like yeah, a, it's not like immediate. It's like the. It's, it's like oh well, duh. You're like oh, and your shit's brown. Yeah, like it's yeah. like yeah, he was cool, but he was just a weird guy. But yeah, we yeah we did South by was crazy. We played five shows, and they all were in like <laughs> random places. Yeah. What one was on like six, like the heart of it, and which was wild as hell. But yeah, that we I don't know it was fun. Man. It was yeah, fun. We, there yeah, it was a blast, man. We we had a really <laughs> we had a fun time. It was. Uh, Oh, we met, what was the fucking other comedian that we met? Oh, well, uh, Uncle Laser. Man. Yeah, Uncle Laser. Yeah. Uh, just changing shirts for your mom. He was cool as shit. Oh, uh, Ellis Bullard. If you guys don't know Ellis Bullard, go check that dude out. He's yeah. uh, so 6AM management. Uh, Jake Reigert is our uh, is our manager, and they're out of Austin. And, um, and Ellis is one of his dudes, and Ellis rules. He's a cool dude. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's a cool band. He sucks. He's a terrible <laughs> guy. Uh, band rules. Awful man. Good band. You can quote me on that. Ellis Bullard. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. Those trees have been exchanged. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, we, that was like, it was cool. I mean, everything was cool. Jonathan Tyler, we did Jonathan uh, yeah. Tyler's uh, ranch. That was neat. Um, of the Northern Light. Yeah. Uh, we. <coughs> yeah, it was it was cool. We uh, play full sets, or were they like abbreviated shows, or? I think we had two full sets. Yeah. And then most of them were like the the run and gun. You got you got twenty five minutes. The first ten of it is you setting your shit up on right. set. Well, our first show got cut uh, off. I was wondering if we should even tell yeah. this because it's like, you know what. I don't care. So all the all Let's the just all the it. bad things that Brad said. Hell yeah. Oh shit. Let me get my <laughs> let me get my keys. <laughs> they they, they saved a man's life that night. Uh I think. 
No, they they helped. Okay, they pulled a car off a guy. Yeah, or whatever. But <laughs> it was this place was called the Hole in the Wall, right? Now there's two. Uh, that's that was the joke I made. And no one like this car jumped the this car jumped the curb and hit the 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 tor- the door guy. So everybody like loses it, and we are we're about to go on in like fifteen twenty, and we're like, oh my god, like this is horrible. And that's the first show we were about to play, right? So our manager was like, we got to be there for a while, uh, like to drink. We just went to party. So oh, we were like partying for a while. And we were like, all right, we have 15, 20 minutes. Y'all, we were being so serious. We were like, okay, here's our set list. Like we made a fucking set list. We were, so, and that's, I say that, and y'all are probably like, well, don't you always? And we don't. The answer is no. No. Because uh, we don't know how to write, man. <laughs> we don't know how to read. We just kind of turn around and go, what do you guys want to do? And then we forget something. That's our MO. But anyways, we're sitting there and we're taking it so seriously. And then this car jumps the curb and it hits the doorman and people are running around. And it was like, like it, it, it appeared to be a extremely like uh, volatile situation. I think he ended up breaking his leg, uh, which something. Yeah. And like whatever. I mean, he got hit by a car. It's fucking terrible. Right. So we're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we'll just load out. And then I poor taste. But it's. Whatever we turned around, and I was like, "Oh, I guess the place called Two Holes in the Wall," and, and <laughs> one like it. I'm trying to just. I'm sorry, dude. I love fucking stuff. I like was that. trying to dip some. I would have been cracking up, buddy. I'd have been there for you. Freaking out, and then once we found out, he was just like, he was gonna be okay. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. maybe, yeah. We always did. assume for the best. It didn't help. Yeah, it didn't help at all. No one liked it, and then we were just. Our manager was like, "What are you guys doing? <laughs> like, why'd you do that?" And we we're like, "Yeah, whatever. We ain't gonna go." So, yeah, it sucked. Uh, and then, but so we didn't get to play our first show, uh, but we got to do Jam in the Band. Yeah, we did Jam in the Band. That was yeah. sometime. In the Armadillo Den. It was fucking yeah. cool. We That's where we met Polly Shore. Yeah, Polly Shore. the juice. Fresh the nugs or whatever he was doing. <laughs> what? We didn't milk any cows. For the no, that's of- Polly, man. That's Polly, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. We oh, yeah. Juice. He was busy. <laughs> but he was busy. <laughs> he kept saying, he kept telling me thank you. He just like walked by me and like say thank you. I'm like, dude, we haven't talked once. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you're welcome. And be like, pa- and be like, Paulie, you're welcome, but thank you for in the army now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but thank you, man. This here, dude, son-in-law changed my fucking life. <laughs> I bought a weasel because of you, dude. <laughs> Became an archaeologist because of Encino Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So, like when uh, South by Southwest is like a notoriously large festival. I mean, is there? Do you see a lot of bands go there just simply to try to get to be seen? I mean, are, is it local bands <laughs> mostly just part of the scene there? I mean, yeah, it's it's weird, man, because like I like it's like you remember like South by Southwest back in the day. It's like bands would go down there to like, get fucking signed. It was like that yeah. was like, blow the fuck up and everything. But like now, it's like it's a real corporate kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's almost anybody that like can Lollapalooza or something. <laughs> it's either be at South by to get noticed already have been noticed and don't actually need to be at South by. Mm-hmm. So it was. Cool. I mean, I had, we had a shit ton of fun. We, it was awesome. We yeah. played our. I mean, we just we rocked some some shows down there. I mean, it was like, you know, because it was it was kind of the uh, we're always a little different than what's going on because we like 
we just sound like this. I think that was kind of one of the questions brought up earlier, like how the sound get developed. But it's like there wasn't really a, a no one was asked to compromise like what we sounded like individually. So together we all just sound like this. Uh, and then when you put that together, it sounds fucking weird and a little it's, it's a little much maybe or whatever. So when you get to these places where, um, you know, artists are uh, they sound maybe similar to one another and you throw us in the mix. It's a it's a stir up, dude. People yeah. people get some people get uh, I mean, the whole crowd gets very uncomfortable, but it makes everyone drink. And then that equals more fun. So I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, is where I'm going. Is I think we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> so uh, uh, the pandemic hits. That's wait, what was the time when uh, you guys were recording Cocaine or Cowboys? Oh, I don't remember this. I don't remember this thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, what was it? Yeah. Yeah, the lost yeah. age, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dark age. Yeah. Um, I mean, was that? I mean, was there ever a time where you thought maybe the band would not make it out of it? Nah. Hell no, dude. We were playing. With, we, we did Ron White. I mean, I, there was a, a lot of the stuff that you would see. I mean, major bands were splitting up, doing their own. I mean, a lot of stuff was happening in music around that yeah. time. The fucked up thing is, is that we we still fucking work day jobs. Like, we do this because we love it, and we'll leave for a month at a time. And do this shit and then come back and hope, luckily be able to come back to our job. So it's like that happened. And we were like, well, I guess this is going to be put on hold a little bit. And we did we did podcasts and shit. Like we had just bought a fucking Sprinter. Like <laughs> we had just, we were, we had like accrued like tens of thousands of dollars of debt. And we're like, well, I don't know how the fuck else we're going to pay for this. So yeah, yeah, we did a stupid ass fucking show on yeah, YouTube that has since been waxed from the internet. Yeah, we took it away. But yeah, man, there's uh, that's the thing. Like, there's never been a fucking doubt in any of our minds about like this is what we do. Like, so, and, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, there's a bunch of bands. Like, we we're talking to bands. We're like, how the fuck are we gonna get through this? I'm like, what the fuck else are you gonna do? Like, and, it's not like you went to college and got a fucking art degree or something. Like, you've been you've been in a band since you're 14. Like, let's just keep going. I, um, I, I think it's funny that you used art degree as well, something yeah, that, that a, could be profitable. That was the worst, like, it's not like you ever went to a college and got an art degree, like, you're real successful. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I actually know people that went to college and got an art degree and seen doing shit with them, so, I mean, you know, you guys are still better off than that. Well, yeah, we, yeah. uh, so we, we were like, we, uh, believe it or not, we're, we're smarter than we appear, and we, uh, so we have like an actual business and we got an yeah. LLC and stuff. So we were, we were able to be like helped out, uh, you know, probably more than most people. And then we also did live streams every week and we made people really supportive of that. And it was fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, and then we were watching uh, in my house, man. I guess we were watching those streams at my house. Uh, hell yeah, man. You didn't see Babyhead Island, did you? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the kids were there with us, man. <laughs> oh no! On, don't talk about it. I put it off the internet. First rule of Babyhead Island is you don't talk about it. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. I've never seen Daniel Donato look more uncomfortable, which is hilarious. Ever. Like, and he always looks a little uncomfortable, <laughs> but like he was just like he, I think he thought because he had his guitar, and I thought he thought it was gonna be like a music thing. We're like, nope, dude, we're fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Nope, we're doing nitro. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was the 
We had the kids go get some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, it was a. That was a. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was just it was everything was fucked and. Yeah, we went through some, some. Wear a mask and go to work. Come home. Fucking yeah, oil we, yourself and then fucking find something, some form yeah. of entertainment, something tangible to laugh at, listen to. Yeah, we could have done a better job. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, it was cool, man. It was a nice curveball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're telling our parents. <laughs> I got upset people. Yeah, right. It's like, what are you doing? Like, please, God. Like, ah! I, hope, I, hope the, I hope the world comes back so they can just go back to being a disappointment, making music, yeah. and not this insane <laughs> shit that they're putting out on the internet. Yeah, and as soon as as soon as like uh, as soon as we got together with new management and, and things took like a more professional like if things just went a, a more professional way after Jake and I was like, all right, first things first, <laughs> we're getting we're taking this shit off the internet, dude. Like no one else needs to see this. We just need to be like, I don't ever want to do it. We're talking about it too much right now. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. Hey, Next question. question. <laughs> <laughs> how how did uh, Alex join in the band? How did that so come up? Maybe at Island was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you got this. I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah, good work. Uh, so yeah, Alex. Uh, literally, how Alex joined the band? He fucking showed up at the the, the dojo and uh, just had a lap seal in his hand because me and him had been playing in another band at the time, and like we both left at the same time. And I was like, I called Brad when that band broke up, and I was just like. The only way I can stay like confident that this is what we're gonna do is if we just like go full like full on into this. Like we we're getting a booking agent. We're like doing this right. We're gonna do this as our gig. And uh, like right after that, like Alex shows up at the house with a, with a lap steel in his hands. He's just like, "All right, I'm in the band now." We were like, "What?" I'm like, "Do you even know how to play that?" He's like, "Nope." But like, sure enough, like he 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 sat in with us, and like that first day, we were just like, all right, fuck yeah, you're in the band. Like, yeah, you don't get to not be in the band. Sorry. Yeah, it's a totally different sound. Yeah, it's it's it's. Or he was in the band, and now that he's in the band, it brings such a dynamic element, especially yep. live. Like you guys really play off each other well. Well, yeah, I've known him his whole life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's helpful when it you know it's your brother. I've known him forever. He's all right. The kid's all right. Yeah, we, uh, it's actually the whole, like, the whole, like, formation of what? I said, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, uh, uh, just, like, how we formed the band was, oh, really interesting. If, like, I was walking outside hearing that, I was like, everyone joined in a strange way. Like, yeah. Like, it started in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, we, you've already heard that. And then Alex, but Dave, like, Dave's just this pocket drummer, like, this cool motherfucker from, from Alabama that went to Western Kentucky. Uh, Zach's been in bands with him. Like, Dave's just the man. We're like, well, I guess we could just ask Dave. He won't say yes. And then he's like, hell yeah, I mean, that sounds tight. And then it was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? It was like, it was so weird. And then Lee was kind of the same thing. Like, Lee was about to graduate from Belmont. So we knew he was just going to be flooded with it. And we called him. And he was like, oh, hell yeah. So it's, it's like every time that happens, it's like a confidence booster, which I say every time that's hap- happens, but I should say every time it's happened. And hopefully it never happens again. <laughs> yeah, until, until, uh, until someone kills me and takes my spot. <laughs> yes. Uh, this will be my son. I'm training him already. He's three months old. 
See, I'll just uh, wait. So now, a uh, new album in the works. Uh, is there an expected launch date or? Um, the to fall. Any, uh, any breaking news, man? We can Kurt Loader that shit out. To the. But, I mean, I mean, hopefully the fall. Who? We talk about our producers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We don't know when the record's coming out, but uh, but yeah, fall. it'll be fall. Um, cool. We're working on some cool stuff that we can we can come back. If y'all y'all uh, have the patience to have us back sometime, yeah, we'll be a little bit put together. We'll we'll realize that no Eastern won't. time. <laughs> no, he won't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll just we'll be better. Yeah, I've been saying that for years, dude. It doesn't. We don't get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We so we've been we got some cool stuff, but our our producers. So we got approached on this record by uh, Bill Satcher. He's a guitar player for Thousand Horses, and then we've got a bunch of uh, we've brought back some old songs that are going on it. Um, and just a bunch of new stuff that's like boxes is one. Boxes is one, yeah. Yeah, the new and improved boxes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Hopefully this year. Hopefully this year it's gonna be out. Yeah, it's um we we put a lot of. I mean, this is just like it's um. Coquette or Cowboys was one of those records. Well, the EP was it was basically nothing at the time because it was like we aren't weren't even really a, a, a full on band and we were just like falling in and, and it turned out so well that I still like it. Um, Coquette or Cowboys was sick as shit because we all, obviously like we had a good time doing it with the guys from Black Sun Cherry. Like that was a blast, dude. Chris and uh, and John and and like every bit of that was awesome and they did a great job. This one was uh this one is a lot more um like there was there was a plan we had a huge plan going in by two people from the very outside of of our program like they're not they're like we were on tour with Blackstone Cherry I mean shit we did probably over a hundred dates with them prior to the record so you know we we knew each other very well they knew our music and they also just like kind of let us have some free reign and, and this was a different process. Uh, and I think the results are going to be a lot different as well because because it just the sound. I mean, it sounds so good. Ryan Hewitt, um, who is one of Rick Rubin's engineers, is the guy who's mixing it. Um, done like all pretty much every Red Hot Chili Peppers record since like By the Way, and like he did a Johnny Cash thing. We're yeah. American Aquarium, like all the Tom Petty, like yeah. all these huge dudes. They're like, why the fuck do you want to do our record? Yeah. <laughs> so you know that's. We got some good, uh, some good guys who are like our team is dope, and we got Jake now who's just crushing. So the whole thing is going to be a lot different. Um, obviously, everything still sounds like us, but I'm excited for everybody to hear it. It's going to be interesting. And while we're talking, I'm eating uh, homemade beef jerky that I made. Yeah, it's good shit. Homemade. Nice. My mate, I was eating uh, beef jerky if it sounded like I was talking weird, but I made it so I can eat it whenever the fuck I want, dog. <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful of jerky and a handful of whiskey. <laughs> that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's that was that was the longest stretch of of me answering a real question <clears throat> that I maybe have ever had, guys. We should document that. Oh, we you actually talk. did. You oh. actually did awesome. So anytime you want to come back, just to do that for like ten minutes, that's totally cool. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. Two. I don't think I'd go farther than that. I just said it was the longest one I've got. If I went ten, I'd fucking aneurysm out. <laughs> Not such things. 
Uh, y'all wanna y'all wanna talk about aliens? Sure. Always. <laughs> Always. So uh, what's your thoughts? So are you one? Are you one? <laughs> is you is or is you isn't? So are you an alien? Isn't that the first question you should ask when you come in this conversation? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. I have not uh, alien interviewed or interviewed alien. I hadn't 23 and meet myself yet, so I don't know if I'm an alien or not. Alien. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I have a couple Star Trek episodes memorized. You know, does that count? Well, you're probably, definitely a probably. Nerd. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> definitely a nerd. So <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, I want mean, that show on the ground. So. We joke about uh, we joke about all the time. Like uh, one of the questions we got asked once was um, like podcasts that people could go on, like individuals, like what we could all do. And like Zach just watches a bunch of retro like gaming videos, and like you know a shit ton about. I mean, yeah, he's stupid video. Zach's, Zach's a big old big old nerd boy. I think I think uh, I want to be because like I'll try and watch. Like I still haven't made it through uh, Lord of the Rings. And I've never seen a Star Wars. Buy a single Star Wars. <laughs> I've never seen a Star Wars. <laughs> I've never seen a Star Wars. I've had people Wars. tell me that. Yeah, I haven't. And it sucks because I like want to do it. But, you know, has the time passed? Never. Really? Do you just say never? That? You, you no. also just said you memorized two Star Trek episodes. So. <laughs> normally, normally uh, it's not beyond us to record for three or four hours at time. No, no, I mean <laughs> shit, shit, shit. I'm 38 years almost 38 years old and I mean my my son was about a month old when I sat him down in front of his first Star Wars, so, you know. His first Star Wars. His first Star Wars. Time for you to learn about the Star Wars. You gotta watch a Star Wars. Salute to JJ. Yeah. Yes. Uh, little JJ. Hell yeah. What? Yeah, this is a new father. Yes. Two, two new dads. Whoa, what? Me too. Hell yeah, dude. My, yeah. my little boy JJ is about almost five months old. So I got a three month old. His name is Heck Kentucky. Yeah. Nice. Kentucky Tabor. Nice. We won Tuck. Nice. Yeah. It's, it, isn't it the greatest feeling? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you mean just like being tired all the time? Fucking right. clean up, spit up. Yeah, yep. that's real good cool. Tired, man. Good tired, man. Good tired. Now, we, my wife and I joke about it all the time. People are like, oh, isn't it amazing? I'm like, fuck no, dude. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of work. It's hard. It is rewarding. Like, it's rewarding in the, like, he, he still can't do anything. But he just, like, he laughed yesterday. And this is such bullshit. He laughed yesterday for the first time. And he was yeah, sleeping. Okay. So I don't even know what was funny. <laughs> I, can't, like, I can't create it to make him laugh again. But it was like, it was cute as shit, and I loved it. And also, I can't, like, I don't even remember what it was like before. So that's cool. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking adventure, man. And I love it. it. But it's, you know, it's a trick, too, because people are just like, oh, do it. It's great. And then they're like, welcome to fucking hell. They're going to shit on you all the time. Like, I I remember going into a Red Robin with uh, my youngest daughter and just had her like posted up kind of there on my side. I mean, I, it's like an hour fucking wait, you know, how that shit goes. Red Robin, yum. Hanging around, sitting on a hamburger stool. 
goes put her down finally it's like an hour later and, and i mean i don't even notice because i was it was hot so i was like sweaty on one side and i just had like kid piss oh, like, to my oh. armpit to my asshole yeah covered <laughs> it was well you know <laughs> adventures in fatherhood just yeah, pee yeah just pee i no, mean i got shit on at the mall once that's hey that that's why we're fun. that's why we wear black jeans we just piss yeah, our just wipe your hands off keep on trucking man yeah, I, I peed my pants twice on stage. Hey, if peeing your pants is cool, I'm Sammy Davis Jr. It's Miles Davis. Oh! <laughs> oh! Bad! Right. Bad! Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike, um, Mike, Mike, you timestamp that one, too. But, yeah. Mike, do you have a chime in here, buddy? You know what? <laughs> you know he's loving these yeah. references. Miker, I think just for that, you need to go spell Rizzuto on the chalkboard. I have to watch fucking Billy Madison. Oh, oh, dude. That's so good. I'm I'm more of a Happy Gilmore fan, but Billy Madison. I was going to say, I've asked all the music questions, so I'm going to look, I'm going to throw this off to Chris and let him just take this thing (laughs) wherever it's going to go. Now that I know that Mike's on top of this, I'm like, you can. You're going to edit this out. So maybe this is one of those moments you take out. Because I'm going to ask a genuine question. Should we promote the record more? Should we, like, do a better job of doing that? <laughs> or yeah, that we'll, is- we'll definitely, uh, on the uh, the outro, we'll definitely do a, uh, a professionally uh, formed. I'm sorry. Know, make sure you. I did not mean you. Your eyes peeled this fall for the forthcoming, you know. I didn't mean you guys. You're doing a great job. I meant, like, we can't stay on task. So should we try harder? Uh, would, I don't know. Sure, we can't really stay on task either, man. So this, yeah. is, What's up, Mike? this is, right. this we is a tough ask for each other. Anybody, anybody who hears you guys and doesn't want to listen to your album, they're fucking idiots. So <laughs> yeah. this Here's is fucking Mike. great. You guys are awesome. This has been such fun to sit and listen to. Mike, take take out uh, all the way up until um, up until I say, should we try harder? And then just kick us in, leave all this in. <laughs> leave the whole thing should we try harder and then people are like what were they talking about <laughs> and stay tuned next week for part two uh, Ooh, there we go <laughs> yeah so what's up with you guys what do y'all do what are you doing uh, chilling yeah i'm i mean i'm a stay-at-home dad so no shit, uh, that's great. i'm here yeah these dudes are living the dream man ltd Oh shit! Well, well, well. I mean, I mean, to, to be fair, I'm a fantastic stay at home dads. They're not just like fucking lounging around drinking scotch and shit. My my sweet, incredible, beautiful wife who just came out here is an army doctor. So you wouldn't be. You wouldn't she be. Works hard. You wouldn't be a stay at home dad very long if all you did was lay around. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be a well uh, stay in your own apartment, dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my my wonderfully beautiful, incredible wife who just came downstairs is washing bottle parts. She's an army doctor, so she works very hard at oh. what she does. Oh, and she, well, she yeah, tried really hard. Up the Dr. Spiker. She just tried really hard in life. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. She, she, she tried really hard in life. It doesn't explain how she ended we up should, with me, but, you know. We should have. You should be talking to her. <laughs> 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 like, well, like, what are who the fuck are we, dude? This is sit- we're sitting in a garage right now. Yeah. Oh, Michael's uh, another college-educated former uh, 
bar owner, which was wild. That was my favorite part of him telling me about himself. Oh shit! Yeah, he's like the, the awesomest. We dude. love bars. And it, but right. you want to lose some mother? And he's a super dad. Both of these guys are awesome fathers. Uh, as, as Michael and I just found out, we both worked at video stores back in the day, so it's a lot of video game video yeah, like store stories. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I think I wish I had like a game prepared to ask you guys, like if I could just quiz the three of you, Zach, like Zach included here <laughs> on like just like movie trivia or like whatever. Maybe Michael could chime in. I don't want to play. Also, I should throw this out. I have a college degree. Believe it or not, I do know how to read. So, but uh, but you know, uh, it means nothing, and I wasted a lot of time. So it's oh. not. Me. We'll get to, we'll get our. our our, base, our basic uh, must ask, what is your favorite Arn Anderson match? Dude, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I don't I don't remember any Arn Anderson matches. As a as a as an avid fucking wrestling fan, I don't remember any Arn Anderson matches. I just always remember uh, Ric Flair talking about Arn Anderson on the fucking plane ride from hell. That's like it just <laughs> just I think it's Ultimate Warrior or something. It's like it's like. If I had your fucking teeth, I'd have two ivory and handled pistols. Like, just, like, ragging on the Ultimate Warrior. And I'm like, that's the coolest shit ever. I can't believe he didn't just beat the fucking tires off you. Because that dude was roided the fuck out. Um, Y'all remember that time Iron Anderson showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bucket Bowl? Show you. There are actually two other questions that we are required to ask via our podcast culture. Do you guys enjoy pineapple on pizza? Yes. I, there's no such thing as bad pizza. There's just worse pizza than you've had other times in your life. I think people who care about that are fucking just like, why? Who gives a shit? Eat your fucking food. I don't want to. I don't want to ask people whether I'm not like, oh boy, what'd you get? I don't give a shit. Eat whatever you want to eat. I don't, also don't care about what people are doing. To be fair, I don't like stuff. So it's like, just do what you do, get over it, move on, whatever. Pizza on pine or or pineapple on pizza, great. Pizza on pineapple, twice as good. Even I love it, dude. Fuck it. And the and the and the and the final question we always have to ask: the, the pineapple and pizza thing's a long running joke from the one uh, Facebook group we're in. The third final got, question: What do you guys think? Did we lose? No, 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 no. There's no, no wrong no. answer. Oh, yeah, that's There are absolutely no wrong answers to this. I mean, I mean, my wife eats it. I don't. So, I mean, that, you know. But is so she like, hosed? She what? Is she like, ugh, gross? Because I feel like everyone who hates pineapple on pizza is like, oh my God. No, so I mean. Oh, she just doesn't like No, no, no. I'm the one who doesn't like it. She enjoys oh. it. Oh, sorry. You like that? Are you like that? Is it like? <laughs> yeah, are you learning from watching you, Dad? Is he? Sometimes he is. Oh, you should look at him. That's what you do, Rebecca. I am sometimes that guy. I, I am sometimes that guy. Uh, why? So, yeah, why don't you why like do you it? Care? Why do you care? Because when I was younger and I tried it, and maybe it's just, be- and my taste buds have refined since then. It was nope. a Pizza Hut. It was it was a Pizza Hut Hawaiian pizza. I didn't even know they did that. Shit. But did you get it in Hawaii? 
I've never been to Hawaii. <laughs> but was it was it Hawaii because you were there? <laughs> well, just the only thing I've learned about Cuba, I'm, man. I mean, I mean, maybe that was the night that I answered the door and yelled, "Pizza slug, making it great." I was a kid, you know. I, I don't know. Making it great. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that was all the same night. It, it all runs together when you're old like me. Hold on. But, so, do you guys, do you guys like pineapple on your pizza? And does he give you shit about it in public? <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah, no. I've never done that. I've never done that. Okay, good. Because I was about to hang I, up, dude. I, I, I had I a, a barbecue chicken pizza from Casey's General Store that had some fucking pineapple on it. Okay. So, so can I can I say something? I know sure. it just made Absolutely. you think about uh, about like just um, about that, but I don't have a problem with the pizza pop, like the side of that. But the fact that you're the, the one you want to mention is from a fucking gas station? <laughs> well, dude, I live in the middle of nowhere, dude. That's, I mean, yeah, but... I have to go like 40 miles to legit get to a, anything that's not a Casey's or a Dollar General. Buddy, you should move. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's not good. That's where the road is, and it makes us like yeah. this. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> it's six miles from where I work. No wonder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. No so the sacrifice so, uh, you have to eat at Casey's gas station. Yeah, well, so the, at the the bar down the road, they got some food, man. They got the Bobaloin, like a what? What is that? Uh, it's a place called Bob and Connie's. They make a grilled pork tenderloin or a breaded one. It's about the size of a fucking truck tire. Oh shit! Yeah, you like fold it in like nine pieces. It's good for single dads like me. You just fold it <laughs> times, and then you eat it for a whole month. Jesus, that sounds crazy. Nah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't eat it longer than a week. Oh yeah, it, it well, does kind of be in. You just freeze a breaded pork tenderloin. Well, you, you, keep it, you keep pieces of it in the console or the glove box if you need to break a window or yeah. road rage or something. You just throw it out like a throwing star. Jagged uh, <laughs> edges on it's all breaded up. Yeah, smells weird. So, yeah, it smells <laughs> bad. You could dip it in honey mustard or something. Sriracha. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna wait. You're in road rage. Hold on, you're in road rage. You're like, oh, fuck this dude. I've got this pork tenderloin, and you know what else I got? Ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, like, you got to slow down. You're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And you're looking down, one hand on the wheel, and you're like trying to peel the little thing from the ranch and then dip it and then roll the window down. Yeah, but you still have to have one hand or your, your knees. You're just just angry chasing motherfuckers down the road. Knees <laughs> up, just to be fair them. though. This is Indiana, man. Pretty much everybody has ranch in a cup holder already. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, yeah, we've that's got fair. a. That's uh, fair. Yeah, that's funny. We have a we have a slogan. We try to make slogans for states as we drive through, like when the roads change, so that it should it should reflect the roads when you get there. And Indiana says, Indiana, we're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I totally five, dude. Totally yeah, trucker song. Yeah, that's where they will find me dead on ice. <laughs> and if you guys ever go to Pennsylvania, call it Pothole City because that's all the roads are in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, dude. Oh damn, yeah, that's true. We know our brakes went out, and we drove to a university to play a show in fucking two foot of snow, dude. The day after Easter last year. Yeah, and it was our brakes were out, 
and we were we were like, oh, it's cool on the trailer. We were like, oh, it's cool, man. Don't worry. About it. I just I cut them. They weren't. I cut them so that our uh, the, the lights are to work. <laughs> Bra- brakes went out. I cut the brakes. How yeah. Whatever. They that? locked up, so I cut them so that we could still plug it in and have the lights. And we we're like, ah, oh, no big deal. Yeah, we drive four hours north, and then we get into Pennsylvania, and um, it is like two inches of snow. And this place is the middle of goddamn nowhere, and we're just cruising these hills, and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We end up tearing up their quad. Oh, yeah. Because we couldn't. We got stuck. It was nuts. But anyways, you got another question? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I want to know if you guys can answer this for me. How much mercy does Captain Insano show? Zero. Zero. None. Captain Shane. Game on. Captain Insano shows. Captain Insano shows almost. Amazing. You guys. So That is the best Adam Sandler movie, too, by the way. The Waterboy. The Waterboy. I watch it once a month. Classic. In your your guys' travels last week, I've been trying to explain to Michaels this, and maybe you guys can help me out. In your guys' travels, have you ever been to a Bucky's? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Okay, can, can can you guys help explain to Michael and Drew how amazing this place is? Dude, Bucky's are like if you could imagine a redneck panic attack. But as where a we place, start? Where do we start? Where do we start? It's insane, dude. It's tight jerkist. You just yeah. go up and tell them what kind of jerky you it want. It sounds way cooler than it actually is. Yeah, no, I don't. That's true, dude. It's an institution. So <laughs> it is. Hey, Bucky's burritos, dude, dude. I, They're uh, brisket. Uh, God, I, I threw a goddamn fit the last time we were driving to Texas because we weren't gonna get to go to a Bucky's, and I was like, we're nowhere near the fucking Palachi place. I'm not going to a fucking Bucky's. I'm gonna shit in this van. All gonna have to smell it the entire way. We don't get a fucking Palachi. Guess what? We waited till he did it and then found the Bucky's. I said, I said prove it, bitch. And he drove. And then he shit. And I go, joke's on you. There's one in 244 miles that Billboard just told me. <laughs> Woo! Bitch! But I do, Bucky, I, we all love Bucky. We, we went, uh, it was the, wasn't the second day we were in Austin or yep. something? I got my son a, uh, no, it was, dude. Or is that, when was it? We, we went stopped there, but right before we went to David Koresh's oh, house. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we went to Waco. Yeah, Bucky's is cool. Y'all ever been to Waco? <laughs> yeah. I hear about that. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, we, I mean, we're not, uh, as you could imagine, I mean, we won't say too much. Yeah, we, uh, so we. Terrible. Dude, so we. These guys were all, or Dave. Uh, Lee and Zach were asleep, and me and Alex were up front, and Brad Wright's behind us, our tour manager beat up, and he comes up, and he's like, yo, I mean, y'all want to stop somewhere or something? We're like, yeah, dude. And I was like, let's see if there's any road tra- roadside attractions. We never get to stop. This is on the way to South by. We're like, oh, we never get to stop. And, uh, and Alex is like, man, <laughs> we're like 20 miles from um, where Waco happened, and I was like, like in Waco, and he's like, "Yeah, the compound." I was like, "Oh, no way!" So we're like, "Oh, does it exist? Like, you know, is is it a thing? Like, whatever." So we don't tell anybody else, and we just like we're like, "Oh, this is gonna be hilarious." We were dying laughing. We're just like, I mean, it's not a funny situation. Obviously, I'm not trying to take light of that, but like, this was our mindset. We're like, "Oh, that's gonna be so wild," and we roll up, 
to get gas and they all get out. I was like, we got a surprise. We're going somewhere. And Dave goes, where are we going? And I go, I'll tell you later. He goes, where are we? I said, we're in Waco. And he goes, well, I don't know where we're going. And then everybody <laughs> just got real sad. And we just all got really like, it got really eerie and like kind of depressing. And then we drove past it. And okay, it is, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you think the that space looks now? Yeah. What do you think like where the Branch Davidian headquarters looks like now? It's got to be a Dollar General or something. I was just about to say probably a Dollar General. <laughs> Matt? Family Dollar, Dollar no. Tree. Dude, go ahead, Zach. It is like it's it's very well kept. There's 12 members still. There's 13. like thir- Yeah, yeah. They just had a baby. Um, oh, yes. They, uh, <laughs> Wow. But it's really well taken care of. They've got a bunch of horses. Like it's really pretty. It's like a. It's like a. It's weird, man. They have it's a museum. Weird. There's a museum and a gift shop. And then if you look all the way behind the property, that what was left burnt down, is still back there. And it wow. was horrifying. It was weird. We all were like, "Man, this is so creepy." And then like the vibe, like of course at, at first we're like stunned. It's like, "Oh, this is like what a weird thing to do. It's going to be a field." Because it's horrible and like what would have happened? Somebody brought the property, right? That's that's your immediate assumption. I was like, "Or there's a gate and you just can't go." And we pull up and it was like an actual it still exists and we saw the people outside the church and we were like, "My god." Let's wow. go back to Bucky's and let's get the jerkist <laughs> to make us some sweet, sweet jerk well, and we forget that- about this horrible, horrible experience. Yeah. We went there afterwards. Well, that was the treat. Yeah, that Carson was the Burt. treat. The treat was we go to this and then that we was, go to Bucky's. Oh, I think going to the Branch Davidian compound was the treat. Yeah, because yeah, no, 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 no. That wasn't the treat. This was um, for us. It wasn't like a. Ironic Bucky. song playing on the radio while you were there or anything. Was Bucky's there? was the treat. I love how you asked us what we thought about Bucky's, and somehow we got to the goddamn Branch Davidians. Hey, well, I mean, we I mean, asked hard hitting questions here on the other okay. ship. But, but our, I mean, our, you will, we will take the other ship place. in the fucking realms of our, the unknown. Uh, our mindset was at the time, we were like, we're going to be curious to watch <laughs> fucked up. Everybody's feelings get at the at at this place in Waco, and then just go to Bucky's where we all love it, and just watch everybody kind of sulk around, just like not have a good time at all. And that was the joke Alex and Brad and I set up. So if you ever want to know what the road is like with us, it's honestly psychological torture. I think <laughs> I think we're using some some really bad psychology on one another. We're having a good time. Let's go to the compound. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, that's that's the whole reason to run back and get a brisket sandwich. That that's yeah. for sure. But, but aren't you? Haven't you ever been curious? Yeah. They do all this stuff about it. It's like, aren't you? We're right there. It's like, aren't you curious? We weren't going to go out of our way. I, I was I was oh, going to say, if you're passing by, you're you you have like the passing curiosity. It's like, okay, you know, like my wife's family is not far from Centralia. Okay. And, she she can tell you some stories. That's some like some real life Silent Hill bullshit up there. Like it's like legit. Yeah, damn. Like apparently close it off and everything. That's crazy. What is it? That that's like the that's like the the world's just leaking gas there, right? Yeah. I I, I actually actually, actually like, oh, was Silent Hill. Yeah. Is it like, leaking gas everywhere? No, but I mean like like death <laughs> like enough gas to get out of the concrete shit, right? 
Where's Thomas Dolby when you need him? Actually, 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 hold on a second here. She, she's standing right here. I can have her tell you about it. Find something leaking gas. Go to my house. My son is a farty little boy. Hold on a second. You had the curse of the new outfit yet, man, where you get you get them all dressed up in the new outfit. Like, I don't know, to go to the JCPenney photo thing uh, and it is shit all the way up to their neck. No. <laughs> well, fucking great. My wife. Let's throw this in the fucking trash and we'll uh, we'll get them uh, wrapped up in a Bears jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here you go. My wife said, uh, "My wife said we're taking pictures of the Easter Bunny, which is hilarious because, as you can imagine, we're we don't follow uh, many entities like that. So it's like Easter is is just like another thing, like a get together with family, which is awesome. But she okay. has an Easter Bunny costume for this dude. We need the feet cut out because they're so big. So I actually turned them into shorts, and then she." Takes us to Cabela's, <laughs> and we take a picture with the most sad-ass-looking, like, methadone Easter bunny ever. And they were like, do you want the Cabela's Bass Pro Shop in the corner? And she goes, oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Look, why do you think Look I at this. Easter bunny? Here's the picture of me, my wife, and my son at Cabela's. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, my cousin, who was selling merch at all our shows, said it looked like they visited me in prison. Look, now that I said that, look at this shit. It does. And I, I mean, it looks bad. The background is awful. Look. It does. You can't even touch them. You know? No, everybody just got traded for two chocolate milks. Yeah, Zach just said I've never looked that happy ever, and my cousin's telling me it looks like I'm in prison. <laughs> oh, that's that's a pretty happy medium right there. I mean, <laughs> no, it's two polar opposites that are scary to think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So did you guys get anything? Uh, were we uh, asking about a science question or something? There was some science. Were, you know, you know, you know, were we supposed to be talking about aliens and all of a sudden we got on Bucky's and Waco? And I do appreciate the fact that uh, you consider aliens science. I mean, I mean, they're real. So why, why wouldn't they be? My man. See? Interdimensional <laughs> beings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, it's stupid to think that this universe is such a wide place and we're the only fuckers here. That's why I quit eating octopus. I, I kind of <laughs> hope you got those, uh, what are those dudes from Doctor Who called, Spike, or the, uh, the part, uh, parting lizard dudes? Or not, or maybe they were pigs. I mean, Greg. Slovenes? Which, like which dudes? I think they were called the Slovenes. But they would always fart, belch, and sweat. It reminded me of people I know. I mean, all of us. That's the way to talk about Brandon. Come on. That, that's that hey, is that, that, oh. that? You get close in right here. I know everybody uh, listening can't hear it, but doesn't this look like an iron and wine record? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. He's wine. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, man. <laughs> we made this in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> we rented a cabin in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tuxedo on and shit. You know? Oh, yeah. Just get them, get them down top to bottom. 
Oh, Justin Kang in twenty four, baby. Just, like really sad eyes. Just gonna do some fucking Dan Fogelberg covers. No, we might. You never know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we never learned to cover. <laughs> we do have one coming on the record, though. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. This whole time. We did lie. We lied the whole time. I fucking knew it. Yeah. If all of this is a lie, by the way. Fantastic. Even, we haven't said one true thing. <laughs> oh, is this a ruse? Oh. Use big words there. <laughs> yeah. Is that like <laughs> rose? Um yeah, we have a cover. And it's cool. And that's about all we can say. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. I feel like nobody would expect anybody to cover this song. No. And on top of that, nobody would ever expect it to sound like how it sounds. Yeah, except for us because we've heard it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we did it. So that's all I expect now. You know, that's unfortunate. I can't be surprised anymore. You said that uh, when you guys were recording at the studio, there was uh, some big name luminaries who were having some issues mm. yes there, uh, no no the story with uh with uh ridiculously changed names it was john stewart <laughs> no <and> john oliver McGringleberry. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was uh two backup singers on a very famous album but the backup singers are they aren't backup singers yeah. they were just two awesome. buddies filling in <laughs> well, the microphones got left on in there, and the uh, the engineer had it playing in all the microphones in the reverb room. So it was just these two very famous artists just hammering it out, just in this <laughs> reverb yeah. cave in the basement. Details, yeah. And uh, well, yeah. no names, no names, and it was hilarious. No, I'm saying they were figuring out. What oh yeah, they were getting it, but everybody upstairs was like listening back, and they could just hear them. And then when the the guy who ran the studio told us that, I, um, I cried. Yeah, I cried for an hour. He's so turned on. I was so turned on. <laughs> I, I was so hard. I cried for an hour. <laughs> Did you try <laughs> allocades? <laughs> I was just about to say what. Well, Drew, Drew, Drew will tell you. Drew's our uh, shill shill person. Uh, allocades is uh. Lex Luger trying to say the word accolades. <laughs> and he just. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's kind of a, a famous internet meme slash joke. Did you guys make this meme? Are you trying no, to make no. it? Sadly, no. Are you not I. <laughs> I was not the perpetrator, but I've been an instigator. I got to find I, I Perpetrator. Say it. I say it. Or, or, yeah, protruder. The go. meme. An how they how they reworded it. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> so we ended this thing or what? Jeez. Yeah, I guess uh, we pretty Fuck. much have ran the gamut of uh, asking about the album. There, if we get uh, one last uh, plug in here. Yeah, Josephine's. Uh, you guys going to be out on the road anytime soon? Where can yep. people see you? Where can the people find you? When's this coming out, Mike? Uh, Saturday. <laughs> Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> okay, so May May fourth and fifth will be in uh, North Carolina and then South Carolina. Yeah, uh, we'll check our Instagram, Facebook, all of that yeah. is the Josephines. We're hitting the road again. We're getting back yeah. out there. So yeah, we're nice. gonna be all, uh, 
And then we'll we'll have a we're just kind of our focus right now is on this record. So we are we're doing dates every month from May till you know we die yeah. <laughs> probably. So uh, it's just rolling through. But uh, just keep checking our socials. Uh, that's the Josephines on Instagram. Josephines BG on everything else. Yeah, and you can also we have a uh, thejosephines.net. We have a website. Uh, where you can buy merch, and you can click on video links, and you can get to all our socials. If you get on, if you go to a website for anything other than jerking off, uh, <laughs> or thejustbeats.net. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're we're there, we're present, and uh, you know, hey man, I'm just happy to be here, dude. Well, we want to definitely thank you guys for uh, yeah, guys, this time and <laughs> this has been fantastic. And, uh, thank you, just hanging out. Dude, thanks for having us, man. Uh, we'd like yep. to have you guys back once the album drops, and uh, absolutely, we can do it. Get the road out, out to support that. Uh, we'll get the word out again, and and we can talk more about aliens. Oh or, no! Yeah. So, so or, what uh, whatever uh, the latest uh, community is out there. What, what I think needs to happen uh, is we do it bef- right before the album comes out, and uh, and then I will I will bring I will bring a list of questions about aliens. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna interview you. We love a prepared interview because we don't do yeah. those. Oh, uh, and believe me, I <laughs> pay her for stuff. Yeah, what is my favorite, favorite thing? This is twice I've like wrote down shit, and I'm like, man, I got like hours worth of questions here, and then I ask everything in like two fucking minutes. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> but then, but then if you're if you're in the right field, but you don't care because it's entertaining as shit, which is this has been. So thank you guys. This has been a uh, blast. Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Fucking iron and wine, dude. I'm gonna fucking die, dude. (laughs) 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 Fuck, dude. Real. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brad, Zach, everybody. Get out there. Check out the Josephines. Badass. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We would love to have you guys Guys. back. We want to thank the Josephines again for coming on the show, and uh, we want everybody to. Find these guys at all of their social contacts. You can find them at the Josephines on Instagram, at the Josephines BG on Twitter and Facebook. That's for Bowling Green. You can find them at the Josephines.net. You can find all their merch, t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, stickers, and most importantly, vinyl, CDs. Get you a copy of Cocaine or Cowboys. Get you a copy of the Sober Up EP. Great stuff. You can also find them on Spotify as the Josephines. So tune in, find the Josephines, get you some good tunes. And please make sure to catch our friends Jamie Warden, Roman Gomez on the Regional Wrestling Podcast with Ray Russell, available wherever you find your podcast and WrestleCopia.com. We also want to say what's up and give a shout out to the gals over at the These Nuts Podcast. That's nuts with a Z. And uh, so we want to say hi to Katie and Amy. Love the show. Keep it up. And uh, get out there and support those guys. That's These Nuts Podcast with a Z. All right, everybody. That was the debut episode of The Other Ship. Come back next time. We're going to have another great time. On our way out, we're going to let you get a listen to the Josephines. Here's Coal Mine Gone. (laughs) 